0: I'm gonna get killed by a Christmas tree!
1: the universe using a kettle and some string and look at me i'm wearing a vegetable
2: hello faithful listener and welcome to a kettle and some string where we take a random trip through all the doctor's adventures in time and space i'm dave and i am overjoyed i've got two i think heavyweights of the doctor who podcasting universe i've got first of all mr nathan bottomley of uh, flight through entirety say hello nathan hello and i've got the man who's probably responsible for this podcast existing, Mr. Joe Ford of, well, will I rattle them all off, Joe? Uh, Hamster with a blunt pen knife, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: the name will be praised. Say hello, Joe. <laughs> hello. If I am responsible for this, we have not talked about residuals yet, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say heavyweights. We've been eating quite a bit this week, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand why you <laughs> use this <a> question.
2: <prescription. laughs> And together, of course, the forces are colliding with the Untitled Star Trek Project podcast, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's
3: something loving. Yeah, well, this is, uh, we've only just recorded our very first episode in person
1: uh, just this morning, in fact. And it just so happened to be one of the very worst episodes of the franchise (laughs) set on a sex planet. It was early Next Generation before they got their acting gear, and it was great fun to talk about. Very horny. But we were no, weren't not we, at all. It was very child. Oh, yeah. it. it was always very sexual as well. <laughs> yeah, upsettingly yeah. so. And a little bit racist too. <laughs> I mean, it it takes every <laughs> anti-demographic, you know. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So,
2: where is what stories randomizer sent us to talk about today?
3: Well, apparently the randomizer has told us to watch the very first Christmas special of Doctor Who, if you don't count 1966, and that is the Christmas invasion?
2: Yeah, Lee Davis. The first official Christmas episode, yeah. specifically for Christmas. Yeah.
1: Are you talking oh. about the Unquiet
3: Dead there then, as the unofficial one? Oh, okay. That's oh. okay. okay.
1: <laughs> uh... <Yeah. laughs> that was, to be fair, in April. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. What well, what's the unofficial Christmas special then? Oh, the Feast of Stephen of oh, no,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty Christmassy. That is pretty Christmassy, I think. Mm.
2: If only
1: it existed.
3: Yeah. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah.
1: And incidentally, <laughs> Dave, a Merry Christmas to you at home. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and to you as well.
0: <laughs>
2: so before we go into the story, I thought it'd be good talk about David Tennant becoming the 10th Doctor. So we're all old enough, unfortunately, to remember when David Tennant got uh, Christopher Eccleston left the, the series and David Tennant got the role. Do either of you remember seeing him in anything prior to Doctor Who?
3: Yeah, I think, I think, you remember the announcement comes really terribly early. Like it's between Rose and the end of the world. Yeah. It, it gets officially announced that Chris is leaving do we know it's Tennant at that point I can't remember but I think I watched Casanova can that be true yes I think I watched Casanova with David Tennant and so I had an idea what he would be like and it it is very similar to his Casanova performance isn't it because he's doing the accent he's not doing he's not talking properly he's doing his sort of you know Weird estuary accent that he
1: does. I think I the consider world. Casanova now to be a tenth Doctor adventure. It's you know, it's got Murray Gold work. music. It's, it's written by Rusty Davis. It's starring David Tennant. I mean, just—I mean—he shags his way through a lot of yeah. women in that. <laughs> is but in it. He shags his way through a fair few amount of women in Doctor Who. So you know, <laughs> I've never seen it. I've still to this oh, day, I've never seen very it. Very funny. Though. It's
3: really funny. What What's good about it is that it is. A sort of historical TV show, but it's done in a very kind of contemporary way, and it reminds me a little bit of the way that the that Doctor Who starts to do the past. Well, like, it's, uh, well it's, it's a bit celebrity
1: less, historical. Yeah, story, yeah,
3: it's but... a bit less RP and stuff like that. And mm. there's jokes about, you know, bit, I don't know. There's all sorts of contemporary jokes and stuff like that. So it's it's terribly fun and funny and Tenant is really gobby in it you know like he just never stops talking he's sexy not just because he's good looking he's sexy because he's really really got the gift of the gag. well he's got charisma in yeah yeah
1: but another thing as well it's full of very i remember watching it and thinking this is the most gorgeous looking tv i've ever seen Mm. and like rusty davis's doctor who it's just full of pretty images all the way through and it's fabulous Mm, it was i think it was a cracking choice yeah
2: Yeah, I hadn't seen him in Casanova. I'd seen him in something called Secret Smile, which was on... It was on... I can't remember if it was on during when the first series was on or whether it was after it. But David Tennant in that played a a villain in it. He played this psychotic man who had a one-night stand and then he ended up going out with her sister to try and get back at her. So there's a birthday party and... I can't was it... I can't remember the actress's name, but anyway, she introduced her new boyfriend. And of course, the sister is, oh my God, it's that guy that, because he, and then the bit I always remember, which will have the explicit tag, is uh, he confronts uh, the one he had the one night stand with and says, I remember coming in that mouth. And he's very, <laughs> <laughs>
1: we've all been there, Dave, don't <laughs> worry.
2: <laughs> and so, yeah, he was brilliant in that as a villain. So, that sounds yeah. amazing. I might have to find that, you know.
1: I thought I'd seen pretty yeah, much everything in
2: and years prior to that, I'd seen him in Rab C. Nesbitt, and he was a transvestite in it who I think with James E. Quarter, I think, or uh, was it Rab, I can't remember, but he, he was only a bit part in that, but he was really funny.
1: I've not seen him in it, but he was doing the live Quatermass when yeah. he got yes, up, as, well, as yeah. the Doctor because so they, they put in a gag about someone introducing him as the Doctor yeah. in it. So, I know he did that as well, I haven't seen that though. I have
3: seen it, but I think I saw it after Tennant was... Um, I didn't see it live or anything. I saw it later. I think I sorted it out later because Tennant and Gates are both in it. I think. Mm.
2: Yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 So while Rahe- rehearsing over? it was actually David Tennant then asked Russell T Davies for a part in Doctor Who. But he had been considered in 2004, but it was felt not to be quite as big a name yet. Which is probably right because it was really two thousand and five when his career just, yeah, rocketed, with Casanova. And, uh, of course, he had Doctor Who,
1: Secrets Smile. Was he in anything else in two thousand and five? Was had he done Blackpool year. at that point? Had he done Blackpool because when that came out, do you remember Blackpool? It was it had, da- off, it, it, yeah. had David Morrissey in it as well. it yeah. was a police officer. They break out into song every time, and it was only <laughs> open for a couple of weeks. It was huge when it mm. came out. So maybe, yeah, maybe he was in the zeitgeist at this point. Popular enough to take Popular enough, this.
2: yeah. So then That's he was rough. at a pre-transmission view in the Casanova when Judy Gardner said would you like to play the Doctor? And he laughed and said, can I have a long coat? And asked if Billy Piper was still in it. So <laughs> at, this, at this point the show hadn't been renewed for a second series yet so he was really accept, going to accept a part that wasn't existing yet because he didn't know whether or not the series was going to be a success. But mm. thankfully it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he was a
1: fan. There's no way he was gonna say no.
2: Well, he took a couple of days to accept it, I found out. Um, but he'd done like Peter Davidson, he done the how on earth can I what am I being what am I doing? I can't even turn this down. Yeah. See somebody else do it.
3: Well, but, I mean there's there's commentaries and stuff from the time of his um of his era where he's making gags about the monoids and things. I mean, he's yeah. a real proper serious
1: fan. Well, you know what the worst one is for that? Your favourite, the Lazarus experiment, is him and Mark <laughs> Gates. It's these two yes. pairs of fanboys. Yeah. And they're yes. just dropping one reference after another. Um, yeah. I still think Capaldi probably beats him
3: as... The biggest fan ever to play the Doctor. Was well, it for that letter
1: that he wrote? All of those letters that he wrote. Did <laughs> the BBC,
3: you know, the Office asked him to stop writing yeah. or something like that? Please stop writing to us. Uh, he was at the studio Bobby. and everything
2: else, wasn't he? Isn't there a picture of him with um, John Pertwee? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Saw... yeah. No, I mean, he was huge, but Tenet is definitely a sort of scary fanboy, and I think. I think it makes him ideal for the part because I think he understands, you know, Doctor Who wasn't an acting part very much in the classic series, apart from when I guess you've got like Peter Davison and, and Patrick Trout and, uh, in particular, you know, make it an acting part. But people like Tom and Sylvester, it's all about the charisma and the performance. And yeah. Tenant nails both of those. Yeah. And you know, I have to say, there are times when Tenant irritates me. You know, some of the he's very mannered. But and the further you know, the further away I am from actually watching him, the more kind of tentative. I am about, you know, whether he's good or not. But you put him on screen. I sit down and
1: watch an episode with him in it, and I'm absolutely enthralled. You said when yeah. we watched this back for Kettle, when we watched Christmas Invasion, he was going, he went, I oh, forget how good he is. Yeah. And then I've heard an episode on but just like, yeah. I forget how mainstream he was. Well, so I go back and I'm like, he can have absolutely appealed to the masses in a way yeah. that a lot of what followed, slightly less so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when he left in
2: 2010, I mean he was it wasn't that Christmas. He was in everything. He was mm. on he was in the indents with the BBC even. He was everywhere. You
1: couldn't Journey's me... End, um, between uh God, what was it? Uh Stolen Earth and yeah. Journey's End, when they thought he was regenerating, every chat show, everything. Yeah. It was on everyone's yeah. lips all week. I mean, there could have been mass genocide going on, but David Tennant was potentially leaving Doctor Who, and that's the end of the world.
3: Yeah. And that's the other thing too is that he is so incredibly charming like David Tennant I think is even more charming than the 10th Doctor and so he was just the perfect ambassador for the show I mean in a way that you know Jodie and and Capaldi both were you know that they 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 show all three of those you know Matt Smith as well but but particularly those three are the three who are so charismatic in person and so good, you know, in their media appearances and so generous
1: and just such superb ambassadors for the show. I, well, I, oh, yeah, I, I I spoke to Dylan Reeves the other day and he was talking about Jedi Whitaker and how she like he said he he works with a lot of people in television. He works in television. Mm-hmm and that nobody has got a bad word to say about Jody wisdom mm. and that's the only doctor he's never heard a bad word about. So immediately <laughs> I went, well, what about David Tennant? No one's yeah, one person. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. that ain't a bad average, is it? <laughs> I wonder who that could be.
2: Oh,
1: I don't know. Sophie always... maybe? <laughs> yeah. There's only one person that doesn't say a bad word about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: So he wasn't allowed to have his Paisley accent Um, Mm. After the Northern one Of course he was asked Can you just do a London accent Which I understand why But I don't personally see What the issue would have been If he'd done a Scottish accent But we get him with a London accent
1: Does it irritate you as a Scot That he didn't keep his Scottish accent
2: Not particularly Probably because Sylvester Done a Scottish accent
3: Or certainly Roll these arts. Didn't um I think Tennant made a get a joke at Capaldi's expense uh later yeah. on saying that he didn't even have to do the accent. You know, <laughs> he could just do his normal accent. And there's at least one line where Russell is tormenting him. Uh and it's in Smith and Jones where Russell makes him say uh, Jadoon platoon upon the
1: moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> English accent. yeah, 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 yeah. Mock English. Well, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that that sort of hilarious mock me accent, because it's not like a sort of traditional, like it is a London accent, but it's not, you know. Like Nobody it's... sounds like that. <laughs> uh, <maybe. laughs> okay.
1: I live in the south of England. I'm yeah. the only one out of the three of us that does. Like, I've never heard anybody that sounds like David Tennant. But you said the other day, didn't you? That you thought that that accent was a savvy choice. Like,
3: Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, the w- one thing that Russell got right was not to give the Doctor an RP accent when he brought it back. Like, not to mm-hmm. have the Doctor talk posh. Um, and in fact, the people with RP accents in Doctor Who now tend either to be villains... Or you know, slightly comic characters, and yeah, the big example of that here is, um, Harriet Jones. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's both really and marvelous. Yeah, wonderful, marvelous. Yeah, yeah.
2: So he got the inspiration for his costume from seeing Jamie Oliver, the famous story seen Jamie Oliver on Parkinson, and I love his outfit—the the suit and the
1: the coat. He just I think you just could eat it. I, I think he'd been watching too many episodes of Angel, you know. That <laughs> long coat silhouetted down the back alleys. Yeah. I, well, thought, I want a piece of that. It's the thing that, that um that you were
3: saying before. Uh the moment that he gets the part, he says, I want a coat that goes right down to my ankles. Like that yes. was he wanted he to look, tall, didn't he? Yeah. And it's a great look. It's a really, really terrific look. And because he's so ridiculously skinny,
1: Skinnier. the suit just works perfectly. You gotta watch out saying that, you know. All right, there's people going on about that trailer where, um, she goes skinny man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
2: There's stuff on Twitter about
1: Yeah, or anorexics.
3: Yeah, usually he's against fat people. <laughs> <laughs> uh like I also think it's remarkable that you know, now at fifty, um, he can still pull off that that look. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Dude, he still is. He could know. still put that on and probably still fit in it. Which yeah, is, amazing.
1: Well, well, weird is we're about to watch the Christmas Invasion again, aren't we next year? David Tennant starring as Doctor Who. You know, like, yeah, yeah. amazing.
2: Uh, do you remember the photo shoot when it was announced? I remember the photo shoot where David Tennant and Billy Piper are on like a wasteland, and I don't know oh, if it was on yeah. Gallifrey base or what
3: site it was back in the day.
1: Flats behind them or no, something. Yeah. No. Was it? I thought the
3: council flats one was. Oh, I thought, David and Martha.
1: No, oh, I think that's the wasteland. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, pure. no. Yeah. We haven't come prepared. Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's fine.
2: But they just released a picture on the first day of filming, as they do now, and just this mm. glorious shot of them with, and they just look brilliant. It, it, you just thought, yeah, like, I'm liking the look of this.
1: You know what happened to me, right? I was in this terrible quandary because uh, when I saw those pictures coming out, I was like, oh, here oh we go. god. <laughs> He's the first Doctor I want to fuck. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. and And it never stopped. The entire time he was in the role. And Matt, he so he's you improved wanted, wanted age. Him. I want him even more now.
3: He, he was my first Doctor who was younger than me. How did that feel? Well, it was odd. I mean, you know now how it feels because you had the Matt. Right. Matt, <laughs> the Matt Smith experience. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> and that was a bit of a shock. But, you know... I I just think that he absolutely nails it. I have to say that yeah. uh, Christopher Eccleston was the first Doctor that I thought was sexy. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, he's sexy, well, yeah. yeah, he yeah, yeah. sexy as well.
1: Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Handsome man. You can't have free gay men on your <laughs> podcast man, talking about what <laughs> men are sexy in Doctor Who. I've just I've just agreed
2: with them. I've just said Eccleston and Tennant are. Oh, or- no. I don't get the thing with Matt Smith personally, but
3: I can see yeah, why people oh, find him.
1: it's not played yeah. doesn't it? He's got a very odd face.
3: Well, I think Tennant has an odd face. Tennant looks at sort a of very wedge shaped in certain <laughs> shaped, and uh, but he is a very handsome man. Mm. But not
2: oh in yeah, yeah,
1: conditional way, magnetic though, isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah, absolutely.
3: It's
2: just that even though you see the tenth and fourteenth Doctor, uh, you know the figures. And he looks exactly the same. I mean, mm. you didn't There's need reason, Lazarus. You know, they're
1: played by the same man, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, but you didn't, need, uh, you didn't need Professor Lazarus. You just need David Tennant to find out. <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous.
1: Oh, but, I don't but, I know. That, that's, sorry, I'm sorry to go on but, about the Lazarus experiment. but
2: I mean, No, I, I'd love going on about the Lazarus experiment. We can talk about that oh, as God. much as you want, although it is the Christmas Invasion episode. But <laughs> you know how much I love the film Lazarus. Phil Apollo,
1: experiment. fabulous in that, eh? No, no, I was going to say the yes. makeup, like, you know, David Tennant has aged like a fine wine, whereas Professor Lazarus, before he stepped into his Lazarus booth, I mean, yeah. he had a ton of latex on his face, didn't he? Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah, sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> so the Christmas invasion, the Christmas special was unexpected because for a while the production team actually thought that it was one of the 13 episodes for season two. So it was uh, only after a while they realised, oh, wait a minute, it, we've actually got another episode. So that's why we had the Doctor Light episode later on, because they had to shift things that they were going to do in episode one of season two forward. So this
1: Invasion of Earth story was brought forward because it was originally going to start series two. Uh, I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. To start with a bang like that. Well, I hope they gave them plenty of time. You know, they did not knock this out in 10 minutes. Um, no, I don't
2: think they did. No, not for from... That's a bit I didn't research, Joe. Um, <laughs>
1: um
2: Davies wanted the episode to emphasise the lonely Doctor finding a new family at Christmas. Ah, mm.
1: uh, yeah. yeah. It's like said the Doctor's at, off, was not it? At the end of the story, where he goes to dinner with them all, and that is something that Christopher Eckstall would never have done. You know, he oh. said, hey Tyler, put her on the simmer. Let's go. I love
2: that, because it shows the difference between the two Doctors mm-hmm. yeah. with just one little action. He wanted British elements, so he wanted the tea, reviving the Doctor... And he also wanted a species which used the eyes and mouth in the prosthetic. And he considered destroying Big Ben again. So we had got, That would have been a, <laughs> a bit of a laugh. He's blown, it, he's blown it up, or damaged it. We see, obviously, in the episode, the scaffolding round it. Yeah. But he was actually contemplated, why don't we just blow it up again?
3: Well... It- And eventually he just lands on killing the British Prime Minister every year. (laughs) (laughs) That's much more fun. It feels
1: like a savvy move, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: The cover story of students hacking the signal reflected the American broadcast of Horror of Fang Rock. I've read about this. So apparently when Horror of Fang Rock was on, there was students that hijacked it and then had masks on or something, I believe, and interrupted the
1: transmission. Really? Yeah, I have never heard that before. Well, there you go. I've learned something today. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of shoot delays on this one, so this
2: one seemed like it. James Hall with his first block got into a right mess. They got behind very early. In fact, David Tennant said we're miles behind on this in his video diary. There were drunks while filming the market scene. Mm-hmm. The public were more out of force now because the show was because the show was so yeah. famous now. They got so many delays because the public just wouldn't bugger off. Uh, Sean Gilder could only have contacts in a few hours at a time. The sword fight took forever because he, he had tunnel vision with the contact lenses, and at the Clearwell caves, the phones and the radios didn't work, so they got hell of a behind, and it had a knock-on effect for the whole block because when I did the, um, New Earth, James Haw said that was a nightmare because he was so under pressure by that point because.
1: Oh, maybe that's I think maybe that shows a bit because the Christmas invasion feels really polished to me. Yeah, it does. New Earth feels a little bit rushed. It has some really
3: terrible location filming New Earth. It's like, it's, (laughs) (laughs) do you remember like we once joked on Flight Three entirety that, uh, that the garden party in Black Orchid looked like it was taking place on the planet Casture after the this oh, is miserable, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, It's
1: so bad. Yeah, excuse it, me, oh, I live in England. It's yeah. so for many parties like that,
3: you know. <laughs> New Earth is like that. You see Billy kind of holding the hair out of her face and stuff so she can deliver her lines. And I guess they're so under pressure they can't just say we'll do it tomorrow, it might be nicer.
2: Yeah, that, that scene I think that you're talking about was delayed two or three times. I think they were going to go and film it at a much earlier date than they did but the weather and scheduling they just, mm. I think it was quite near the end they filmed it I think they were really struggling to fit it all in so yeah, this book was a complete nightmare in terms of scheduling
1: Although, can i got to say if that was the case and this took longer, one, yeah. it was worth it because it looks stylish as hell, I was yeah. really impressed by the production, mm. it I was like, when well, we were watching this and two, I think this one needed to make the impact more than New Earth, because yeah. it's First. So if there yeah. was the, the time had to go anywhere, it should have gone to the Christmas invasion.
3: I think too the Christmas special is super important, isn't it? We don't have this tradition in Australia, but having a Doctor Who Christmas special uh was such a big deal, and yeah. it means that the program is as you know it's as important as East Enders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it's like a, a huge thing.
2: And it was great that it was Totally like a Christmas sort of theme because mm. um, we've had series in Britain. Like one of them, I watched the one one of the Foot of the Grave. One of their Christmas specials it was nothing to do with Christmas. They just went on holiday to the Algarve. And it, right.
1: excuse me, do not mock that episode. All right, that is that's, uh, that's uh, the one where they're put put in the prison cell and then they realise that's their hotel. Uh, they they even know like... something about that right now. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the worst, if not the worst,
2: episode. There, honestly, well, there's,
1: a, there's a Fools and horses as well, isn't there? Where they go off Miami twice. Yes, and they, they're in America, so there's no Christmas in it whatsoever. Okay. I remember Rusty Davis saying in Doctor Who magazine, "Well, what's the point of that? Yeah. No Christmas in it." Yeah,
2: they're not. The, the converse of that is that obviously after you do it for ten to fifteen years, it's what can you do at Christmas? Mm. Because we've had so many, we've had Santas, we've had everything, you know. So. Yeah. So that'll be interesting, going forward what they do, because we've kind of done all the tropes.
1: Got a huge imagination. He'll think of something.
2: Oh, he'll think of something, I'm sure. This was
3: the first... Sorry. I I was just going to say, I think, you know, having a Christmas tree in the background and making it about superheroes is a a valid choice. Yeah. (laughs) For a Christmas (laughs) special.
2: This was the first time that somebody had been allowed to
1: film at the Tower of London on the roof. Mm. yeah that's right which shows you the power of doctor who and putting putting unit into the tower of london which is a fabulous idea yeah
3: which has lasted Mm. since
1: and it's one of the things that
3: that russell does in his whole era is that he fills london with landmarks that have massive a massive role in Doctor who you know and we see the gherkin in this episode you know the thames flood barrier uh, uh you know uh after that becomes a big deal um in in uh runaway
1: brian yeah. uh, but there's there's definitely something in that as well we were saying when we watched that like Nathan said, he missed london when they went away from london in the sort of matt smith era um that he missed it and i think maybe that is why this another reason why this is so popular, this era, because it's such recognizable. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's shorthand for England, isn't it? Wasn't mm. I don't think anyone overseas is going, well, well, where the fuck is Sheffield for God's sake? <laughs> you know, or it, wait, or where's that duck pond?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. What was that all about?
2: I, I still don't know the answer to that one years later. I'm looking forward um. to that one just to try and answer that. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, after the first scene Tennant filmed, which was with Penelope Walton, I think it was the big face-off at the end that we'll get to, he said, you can send wee Jimmy Cranky home now. If you know who wee Jimmy <laughs> Cranky is. <laughs> you know I Jimmy do. Cranky,
3: Yeah, you? yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm sure there's references to, to the Cranky scene uh, absolutely fabulous and stuff.
1: So, that's oh, ah, cool. wonderful, wonderful sketch that French and Saunders did of the Phantom Menace. You must have seen that. Where Dawn French is... Um, Pad Panty Padme, yeah, and Jimmy Cranky is um, Anakin Skywalker, isn't? <laughs> that, <laughs> are <laughs> the <laughs> Crankies in the cell next to Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> yes,
3: tell right, me what yeah. the Crankies said to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was g-
0: going,
3: Whoa. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave.
2: No, no, no problem. I'm, I'm loving this. Are you a big fan? I don't. I don't know if I've ever really. I, like, I never saw them in, in panto anything. they were huge in panto up here every year in Glasgow they would be but I never <laughs> went to see them and then they stopped because uh, they had an ac- she had an accident didn't she, she had um, the, mm. I think a prop fell on her and she had a fractured skull or something really serious mm. and so it they is. said after that nah we're not doing it anymore
1: I'm not disguising myself as a young Irish schoolboy anymore <laughs> <laughs> and they got John Barrowman with them as well a few times I see people that me. was big news <laughs> <laughs>
2: Christmas invasion was transmitted Christmas Day two thousand and five, so we've got No Clark back as Mickey. We've got Camille Cudjoe back as Jackie. We've got Penelope Wilton back as Harriet Jones, and is now a PM. And we've got on the guest cast Daniel Evans as Danny Danny Llewellyn, who apparently is a big stage actor. He's been in. He does loads of things for the BBC and Holby City and things like that. But apparently he's more a stage actor
3: i think it was he a child actor was he in something do you know mm, he's so well, boyish yeah. i think he's adorable he's and he does hair. pronounce his last name properly in a sort of proper you know with that bilateral fricative you know dwell i think we like him very quickly don't yeah, we yeah he's so when <laughs> he dies
1: well, whatever, everybody this is sort of 20 years ago now so yeah. get over it yeah um when he dies we really care don't we and um
3: and we have Australia's Andy Garcia, as well, ah, oh,
1: yeah. You we have, we have, yeah. Talk about fuckable stars in yeah. there. He's pretty oh. yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> musical theater, isn't hey, he? This can't be two hours of all three of us just being a ball <laughs> game, right?
2: Oh, Aye, it could be three hours. <laughs> uh, Saturday Night Fever, he's done Wicked, he's done all the musical theater, hasn't he? He's
1: that man make a very quick recommendation that every yeah, just goes sure. to youtube very quickly and put in kylie's one night spectacular on itv and watch kylie and adam garcia tap dance to better the devil you know honestly you've never seen a man looking no. sexy in a top hat and tails yeah mm-hmm. that's all
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've got sean gilder is acts leader now i didn't even realize all. he was shameless
1: yeah, that's what I said to you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was, like, I,
2: I was like, oh, it's him. Of course it is. But I've he
1: never... was equally terrifying in Shameless as well. Yeah, he oh was... God, uh, yeah. God, what was the family called? Was the it Maguires. Gallagher's. No, the was Maguire's. it was the other one,
2: was it? I watched it on and off, but
1: it, was there Gallagher's in it? In the... No, the Gallagher's were the, like, technically the good family, but they were all drunks and drug dealers. And the Maguires were like the evil family. And he was the dad of the McGuire's. Oh, okay.
2: So was he, the, there, wasn't there a, a laddie in that who um, was just shagging girls all the time? Was he his dad then? Or was that the other family?
1: Oh, that was every other character. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I could have pinned that one down, I'm afraid. To
2: be fair, there was a lot of shagging in that, show. And I'm going to butcher his name, as I do on these things all the time, who Bert Baller. I think it is, who played Captain Blake. He's been in the building casually, so just...
1: Oh. Is Somebody that, is, is that the, the other guy that dies by the sticker hand? Yes. Yeah, there's he as
3: well. He's really good, actually. Yeah, he He's really makes So Bring
2: did it. we see it both on... Oh, sorry.
3: Oh.
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I was going to say, they keep bringing in these unit characters. One-off unit characters. They either bump them off or we don't really see them again. And uh I think he does them really, really well, but like Moffat, he hasn't hang yeah. around, hasn't he? He builds up his stable of unit regulars. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we we
2: Stewart eventually.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why are we all sighing right now? She's phoning it in. She's very boring.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's not the most energetic actor, is she? She's just no, Not
1: sorrowful. the most energetic? Give no. me Arissa Madumbo, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like... Oh,
2: I wish they had kicked her. Oh, she was fabulous. But anyway, I digress. So what was our initial <laughs> thoughts? Wait, did we both see it on but did we all did we all see it on original transmission?
3: that Did Yeah. I may have found a way of seeing it very soon after it was broadcast. Um Well, there was a gap, wasn't there, in Australia? This the, yeah, so I don't think like nowadays it well, up until the new sort of Disney Plus overlords are about to take over in uh <laughs> like in other countries. Um yeah. Our our sort of national broadcast of the ABC, which is nowhere near as important or interesting as the BBC, uh, used to used to show it a few months later. So I think I actually remember having a whole bunch of people around and the computer wasn't working properly, and we may have had to watch it on a sort of postage stamp size window on my laptop. Oh. It was a terrific experience, but um, yeah. So I saw it as soon as I possibly could and I would have watched it a couple of times.
1: I saw it yesterday. on transmission and I think there was never a more exciting time to be a Doctor Who Yeah. Fan. Watching a yeah. Lot of Christmas special and I'll tell you what, the greatest endorsement for the Christmas Invasion, it's not the three of us although obviously that is amazing if you get our endorsement. <laughs> it was my mother who phoned me up after it aired and said, wasn't that incredible? <laughs> I was like, brilliant. She said that about a Doctor Who story. I couldn't
2: believe it. <laughs> I didn't see it live. I, I had to oh, um, go to my aunt's house because I got told, oh, we're going for drinks, uh, uh, Annie Karen's. Like, oh, come on, Doctor Who's on. So I had to wait until I watched it back about 11 o'clock at night or something. So I was a bit pissed off by that, to be honest, but I absolutely
1: loved it. Absolutely if my nan had been in hospital, I would have said, would have said well, I'll be uh, over <laughs> after Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, think yeah, was, I think it was, what's there catch up back then?
2: No, know, would it would have be? been.
1: Mm, I don't think there was. It was sort of around two or three, wasn't there, where it started hitting iPlayer. I no,
2: must, must have taped it then. But definitely, I, 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 it was one of those get back as quick as you can, you know, I want to see it sort
3: of yeah. nights. So, what time of day would it have gone out? Do you seven. Think? It was seven. Seven. Seven,
2: uh, seven o'clock, yeah.
3: So, like between two episodes of east EastEnders, presumably,
1: or something. Uh, probably. <laughs> it, no, it usually had, like, um, some tacky show, like, I don't know. Some variety. Celebrity, thing. dancing, or something right. like that before it. And then often it was, like, Casualty or something like that afterwards, wasn't it? But it was, like, the popular shows of the week. It was usually sandwiched between the best right. of the week. So they were trying to promote it. Yeah, but, I mean, like, this Christmas Day. Oh, I can't
3: remember. Yeah, because, like, the, the Christmas... Episodes always get massive ratings, don't they? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Like more than a regular one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is perfect because this is, I mean, this is an event in all sorts of ways. It's obviously the first Christmas special, but it's also the first regeneration, like post-regeneration story of the new era. And it's so important to get it right. And one of the things that Russell does very well, I think, is he understands what the audience needs to have in order to accept this new actor as the doctor Uh, because you know regeneration's stupid really as an idea like it doesn't like what Mm -hmm. um it doesn't work in story in any sort of way but you know, this is a show that recasts its lead actor and you have to find a way of getting the audience to accept that. I think Russell does an incredible job, like a very sort of well-judged job of getting this right. And I think he does it so well that when Moffat introduces the next new Doctor, he does something, he has to do something completely different. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I
2: thought it was a very brave move having them, Comatose fact, usually for the whole story. You know, he's in bed yeah. about two thirds of it. I mean, I have that, have that
1: sort of that hero moment, yeah, at Beginning. Third yeah. in, just yeah. because I think there's you know patience and then there's exhausting patience. And if we'd had to have waited yeah. you know 50 minutes to see David Tennant in action, I think people might have been like, well, what is this? Yeah, yeah.
3: no, and that is brilliant and that is enough. Um, but you know, the story of him kind of just. Abandoning the earth, not being around, not being available, which you know, Harriet Jones refers to at the end of the
1: episode. Like, I just think that works so incredibly well. I remember the line that made us laugh the most get this? It wasn't like any of the gags, it was the bit where everything's coming to an end, the world is doomed, and, and Rose is like, Oh, the doctor's gone, and it's not like the earth is doomed, she goes. He left me.
2: Oh, we'll get to that, but I think she's totally
1: over
2: over the top. I I, I watched (laughs) it. When I watched it, I thought, why earth is she getting so upset? He's there, he's in the room.
1: Have you never seen a woman lose her boyfriend before? I mean, it (laughs) could be dramatic.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't know much about it, I can't really comment much on that uh, experience, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) We'll
1: talk off mic, all right? It (laughs) it can be very dramatic.
2: (laughs) But, uh, and my computers just went. Completely nuts. Oh, I'm back. But yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And the sense of optimism at the end mm. was just, yeah, we're in safe hands here because it was a very, as I say, very brave move because Christopher Eccleson going was seen as, oh my God, what are they going to do? You know, he's leaving after one series, but Russell twisted it to his advantage and said, well, what's it, what can I get out of this? How can I turn this to my advantage? I know, we can have the Christmas special as the establishing episode and mm-hmm. just hardly have a minute, so they're wanting
1: more. Well, you say uh, optimism, don't you remember that trailer at the end? Sarah oh. J Smith, the Cybermen, you know, the clockwork droids. Oh, Making that was it back, so exciting. I was literally jumping out of my chair with everything and punching the air with delight. I thought it was a years old again. Oh, it was, it was just wonderful, wasn't it? It was just mm. sheer. Oh my God, cannot wait to the next series. Mm. And then we got New Earth.
0: actually I've
1: I've grown more fond of it since I talked about it with Daniel Knight it's
2: a story for another time but it was better than I
1: remembered you said it was important it was a regeneration story and all those things to get right I also feel this is the first time they did a contemporary invasion story with the budget to support like big set pieces. they've done like Dalek, but that was all down in a bunker. They've done Rose, but that was basically about Rose with a few scenes of old sorts of tech. And they've done anything to London and World War II. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 but <laughs> so a lot of that's setting down in the street. Whereas it's is you know, huge spaceships coming over the planet and and lots of extras standing on the edge of buildings and unit in, you know, the where we mm. it again. Yeah, the it's the scale mm-hmm. of it. Russell is great at the scale of it. And it just... Huge at yeah. the time.
2: 'Cause he's got buildings across the world with people on it and then he has the genius of doing the news stories. Yeah. With, you know, our favourite newsreader. Trinity
3: Wells. Trinity but, Wells, yeah. I mean, he first does this in um The Second Coming where yes. where that is a sort of there's a huge public happening yeah. that is reported all over the world and then he brings that to aliens of london and you know people who don't like aliens of london are wrong it's yeah, insane yeah it's it's incredibly good because yeah. it is the first alien invasion that doesn't just happen in a quarry in dorset somewhere <laughs> do you know what i mean like it's like yeah. a worldwide public alien invasion and now we get it again and you know, maybe, the scale is even greater.
1: People don't like Aliens in London is because of the farting aliens. But the other thing Rusty Davis remembers is there are children watching this, yeah, and occasionally yeah. They like to have a laugh. Well, and also they're just gassy politicians, aren't they? Yes, like, that's exactly that's, the, the, joke, that's you know? the joke, yeah. And the, for yeah. the people that complain about that, I'm like, oh, that's gone a bit over your head, yeah, hasn't
2: yeah, it? Exactly. yeah. He's good at putting things in for kids as well as things for adults. So, in this one, he's got like we'll get to it, but the, the, obviously the big face off at the end, but. He's got the aliens, he's got um, Jackie, you know, acting <laughs> it's so funny. We've got all the other things that kids will enjoy. It's not, he's,
1: no, it's a, a family. Psychotic, but uh, psychotic Christmas tree as well. Which yeah. is amazing. It's one of my favourite scenes.
2: So the Christmas invasion begins. We have the same shot as in Rose, mm. zooming down to see Jackie, which is obviously just to say this is the same show as you've been watching for the last year.
1: Business as usual, yeah.
2: Business as usual. Um, Jackie Tyler. A got... new
3: beginning, I think. You know, here yeah. we are beginning again.
2: And we've got Jackie Tyler with the Christmas presents for Rose and she just sells it with a look. that She's like, is she coming home for
3: Christmas? Is she going to be here? It's so well done because it's yeah. done without dialogue and it's not just Camille's performance, which is magnificent, but it's also Murray and, it, it, like, the music is, is amazing. And... Just, you know, the way it's told, she's picking up a present that's addressed to Rose. Oh. She just looks off into the distance.
1: It's beautiful, but it's so funny as well because later on in the episode, she's on the phone to someone going, "Well, she's just rocked up." <laughs> <That's it." laughs> and I'll say that is my mother to her. Team. Are you ever coming round? I've not seen you for months. When I turn up, she's like, "Well, when are you leaving?" <laughs>
2: just off the bat, I think she steals the show. I oh, yeah. think she's just wonderful. Every
1: time she appears, every single yeah. time.
2: It's, you know, in many ways, it's supposed to be Billy's, it's supposed to be Rosie's story taken over, as it were, the role of the doctor for 40 minutes, but Jackie steals the show. Yeah. She gets all the best lines, she has all the best bits.
3: Uh, Mickey's worth. Sorry. She's oh. just magnificent. She's like the best yeah. thing in the era. And she's the sort of person that's never been in Doctor Who before, you know, and she's so yeah. well observed and so funny, but. You know, she really kind of, I don't know, punches above her weight emotionally. And she'll go on, you know, things like a performance in Love and Monsters Oh, you know, yeah. she's, oh, she's extraordinarily good She's always so good.
1: Have you ever done that thing with the wine in Love Monsters? You know, when she's it's like, spin- oh, <laughs> get your shirt off. You've, yeah. You're covered in wine and no. then just froze the glass on. Um, I've not tried that tactic oh, yet. With works my... every time, mate, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that the next time I'm getting my washing <laughs> machine
2: prepared. You do that, all right. You don't I make to if... take Dave's, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if uh, Jackie would have had a present for the Doctor. Uh,
1: not uh, probably not eccleston no i actually no, think
3: jackie's relationship with the doctor in this is really great oh, as well oh yeah runs
1: yeah. through this doesn't yeah. it yeah then in doomsday when they you no know, no i mean goes when they turn up and she's like oh come here yeah. <laughs> 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 i'm <hugging> gonna
3: kiss <laughs> only just because she knows it will irritate him though
2: <laughs> <laughs> mickey's working at a garage and here's the tardis so he's obviously got a job as in the the garage he was probably having that job the whole time, I'm assuming, in the series mm. one, but we never knew. And the TARDIS crashes in the estate, mm. and this is brilliant. He's get this, you know, um effect where it hits all the, but the all the extras are looking, you know, all the the estate, everyone sees it.
1: Mm. There is some high quality extra acting in this. Oh you know. yes, yes. There's, I there's of extras to that as well. them as well.
3: I think. That's another thing, too, and he will do it in Runaway Bride as well, where he does things, you know, that the TARDIS as a physical object has never done before. And, like, the computer-generated stuff is really great. Like, you see marks in the walls and the sound is really really great. And there's just one shot of, like, actually a physical prop circling above Mickey and Jackie's hair. Which is enough,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: It works so well. It's so thrilling.
1: Although I'm going to get up <clears throat> points, you know, for her saying, well, who is he? Doctor Who! Uh, oh. yeah, that, that joke. Uh, well, Moffat was watching, wasn't he?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's only repeated about a 100,000 times. Mm. To be forever. fair, though, it has
1: been stamped on the TV show for the yeah, last 60 years. The so. first question. Mm. Yeah, to
2: be fair, though, I have it in this episode quite up because it is the first time it has changed. So all of this it here was fine. It's just when, as you say, when it repeats itself about hundred times later on, that it gets annoying. Mm. So the doctor emer- the new doctor emerges and wishes a merry Christmas and collapses. I just think that was a tremendous opening for him coming out and he suits the leather jacket. I mean, I wouldn't have been too disappointed if he had kept looking at the ninth
1: doctor. Oh, you know, can I disagree with you there? I think he's too too skinny for I like the guy in leathers to be a bit more filled out. (laughs) Uh, I think think when Jodie regenerated and she was in Peter Capaldi's clothes, she looked amazing. But I don't know, I was just like, I'm not sure here.
2: (laughs) And the music is the TARDIS crashes. Murray's Mm. music in this. How much of a difference does it have have having an orchestra Mm. rather than electronic music in Series
1: 1? The bit where the spaceship goes over London
2: yeah. You can hear that entire orchestra yeah.
1: dwelling, can't you?
2: <laughs> and I read somewhere that, I don't, I can't remember it being explicitly in the episode, but Mickey apparently says uh, later in the episode that he spends time with Jackie now, that he goes to hers for dinner every Sunday. Did he say that? or have He I just... stopped
1: posting dog poo for his letterbox and they started hanging out.
2: Yeah. So doc, the Rose and Jackie have the doctor in bed and give them a pair of pyjamas. And Jackie just has the best lines in this. He stole the, She stole the stethoscope.
0: Yeah. Anything oh, else? has
1: got two off. Uh, <laughs>
3: it's so it's a classic yeah. line.
1: I mean, it's such a relatable character, isn't it? Uh,
3: but also, it's oh, you know, there's the guy. Is it how? Ha- is it no? It's not Howard. Is it Howard? It's Howard in his. Yeah, it's Howard. Yeah, the yeah. Neighbor, yeah. Yeah, and he's he. Likes to eat
1: fruit during sex or something. I, mean, <laughs> I think he might have sleep apnea. You know when uh, yeah. and you turn over and it wakes you up. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. So rather than going to the fridge every night, very important, just... That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. He's...
2: Rather than going to the fridge every night, he's going into the dressing gown that he's got on
1: and oh, there's an apple I had put in yeah. earlier. So. But you know, people say Rusty Davis and you know, our friend Dave Fraser Gregory is known to spit this one out every now and again. Hello, Fraser. Oh. Um, About Deus Ex Machinas with Rusty Davis, but putting that bit of fruit in there and setting up their solution to the climax is very clever because it's done with a joke, so you don't even notice Mm. it. Yeah, very
2: clever. clever. I also love the doctor's regeneration energy coming from his lips, and we've got the theme again, we've got Chancellor Flavia theme as. I picture
1: her sitting in her room in Gallifrey, you know, brushing her hair in front of a mirror and singing away to herself. Sitting with Rose
2: and Jackie and the natural reaction, because he's changed his face, and of course she's reacting to, what do I do? Well, I mean, he changes his face. I, I mean, it's such a natural reaction, as opposed to later on when, he as we said, she absolutely becomes a complete state and goes he's left me. and all this which I just think I, I don't get it...
3: I think it's so no one really reacts like that in the classic series and yeah. one of the things that the new series does and I've said this recently on Flight Through entirety I think is that it's based more on our memories of the classic series and our own reactions to the classic series. And like when the doctor changes and particularly if it's a doctor that you really love, you know, it it does take you a while to accept them and you aren't really going to accept them until their proper hero moment. And, um, you know, the Doctor emerges briefly just to give us a foretaste of that, but basically he's comatose during this whole invasion. And so, like, I understand Rose's feelings of abandonment because they're what we kind of feel, you know, throughout episodes one to three of Valva or whatever, you know. Um, and Um And I also think, I don't know, it's, I think... Rose and the Doctor at this point have a relationship that is portrayed as being much more intense than any of the relationships in the yeah. And not romantic specifically, but
1: they love one another in a sort of big way. They try and put that spin on Sarah Sarah. in School Reunion and it doesn't work for me. She's talking about it in a romantic sense and I never got that in there. Although I will say... Because in the no, 70s
2: uh, stories, we never really see that intensity, is what you maybe, mean.
1: Maybe it was all happening off screen, you never know. <laughs> um, I mean, I've howled into cushions, you know, when I feel as if a man's left me. So I think her reaction's a bit understated, actually. Uh, well,
2: I think it is understated here, but I just think that later on, when Harriet, d- we'll get to that, but when Harriet does her address and then she completely uh, yeah. does the rest,
0: oh, no. I, I
1: thought that bit was a bit understated, well, compared to me. Uh, really yeah sorry mate (laughs) uh, i disagree just
2: uh, did they buy it Thought, why are you getting in that state because she's already done it
3: here yeah there's that moment though isn't it (laughs) because it is during the christmas address and you think about that the three of them in world war Mm three yeah and it you know the way that they all together managed to defeat the
1: Slovene. Well, she says, doesn't she? Where's my doctor?
3: Yeah, Do and 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 it is, and Harriet is, is saying, if you know the doctor, then please get in touch. You know, and Rose does know the doctor, but she can't help, and yeah. and it's so like we kind of you know, like it's funny to read Rose as being selfish here, and she is selfish like she mm. is kind of a time she yeah yeah selfish. no yeah i don't like it in season two at all fault. yeah but i think it's very real that's what yeah. i like it about just her. seems it seems it does seem real but it's just like the doctor's left me i don't have a doctor you know the her message is getting to the right person the person who knows the doctor um and it's a absolute kind of last ditch attempt to save the day mm. and he's rose in a position where she can't help you know she's but yeah got, that's it's for her but she can't help
1: i think it's where we're, we've always had companions in the past who have been sort of whiter than white it's male isn't it you know mm-hmm. and, Lisa, and people like that that are beyond reproach whereas rose is properly she's she's I, somebody i know yeah i, you I know? totally agree i i maybe mean
2: the you know, the holding hands and oh, and laughing with each other and hugging every two minutes in season two, and it's just oh, come on, yeah, it's I'm
1: just. We come from different angles. <laughs> I love all of that as well, but then I'm it's a re-
2: romantic. <laughs> but this bit where she's talking with Jackie and she just she's not absolutely ah, in a right state. She's just saying, "I thought I knew him," and yeah. then does this. I think is really well done, yeah. and I love though that she's. Asking Jackie about her love life, and then she's telling her all about Howard. Then she just she hears what's going on telly and just bothers off. And I know (laughs) you're really interested. I
1: think you know if she's going to go off on her travels with a 900-year-old time lord, then she's got to expect some shocks.
2: Yeah,
1: it's not like you know Larry from the corner shop, is it, (laughs) or Mickey from the garage?
2: (laughs) Mickey from the garage. So we come to the bit where we were just talking about, so Harriet Jones gives a press address about the Guinevere space probe. This is a bit about space probe, sorry, mm-hmm. which is due to land on Mars at Christmas. However, it's captured by a rocky spaceship. I thought the effects were alright. still stood up mm-hmm. quite well.
1: I mean, I think, I think all CGI ages. Yeah. I think, still I think it looks really good. I'm getting a real
3: mm-hmm. ambassador of death vibe from it as well. You know, yes. Mars probe Very with the astronauts it's so. captured and and stuff, and it, all of the, you know, the television broadcasts and stuff in Ambassadors of Death, you know, from the British Space Centre. And so all of that is tried and true stuff that Russell knows works. And I think that's really fun. And it there's a kind of realism about it. I think the just having real BBC iDents and real Chirons. Yeah up it's on terrible. the screen. Well, Andrew Marr in yeah, alien yeah. yeah, Marr,
1: yeah. Three, you know. Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff just works so well. If you turned on the TV at the wrong time and saw Andrew Marr talking about an alien invasion, you'd be going, oh my <laughs> bloody, <Blabby>. Andrew <laughs> Marr in the world all yeah. over yeah. again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Marr does play it a bit, a bit <laughs> it,
3: which I think is actually delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's lovely
2: having Harriet back though and seeing that story oh, for Hulk, oh, because yes. of course we were told that She's going to become prime minister, and mm. then we actually see it. We actually get the payoff.
1: I think Harriet Jones is the as env- uh, Penelope Wilson is the MVP of this story. Oh, uh, her yeah. performance! I mean, yeah, performance is always incredible, but yeah. she holds this thing together until the doctor turns up. And yeah. you know, Jackie, um,
3: like. She's on benefits, I'm presuming. Mm, She doesn't seem to ever have a job. And she says that she's substantially better off on Harriet's government. And just think about the kind of near political impossibility of increasing benefits to that degree in a normal kind of situation, you know, everyone would be kind of complaining about how terrible that was, and and you know, I mean, Britain's gone through more than a decade yeah. of austerity at <laughs> this point, and
1: and I just think that they usually take money away, and, yeah, that, to oh, yeah, to people back to work.
3: Exactly right. And so what we have here is Russell being political in not a massively heavy-handed way. But Harriet Jones is a hero because she's not the sort of centrist Blairite kind of uh, labor person, but she's just a sort of traditional labor person who wants to see people's, you know, people better off and even the deserving poor,
2: you know. I mean, to be fair, Tony Blair, when he came in, was always seen as like a seedling. And unfortunately, yeah. that we know what happened there. But yeah, it's yeah. going to
1: happen well, maybe, again. Maybe that's think. the story he's telling here then.
3: Well, no, he ended up dead in a cupboard, Remember, He ended up it. That's, yeah. Right, yeah. that's right, yeah.
2: No, she's better than Tony Blair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Only
2: Charles. <chance. Yeah. laughs> so Rose and Mickey are doing late night shopping and get attacked by a Santa brass band. Yeah. Their relationship is just, I think she's torturing them, quite honestly, by this point. Because she, she always tries to have a cake and eat it.
1: Really, I mean, he hangs on, hangs on, hangs on. Uh, yeah, he should I just. I think agree, we're all. At... But I think he knows at this point what the deal is. So if he is hanging on, he knows that she's not coming back to work, That she's going to keep travelling. That she's got affection for the Doctor. Like, I hear this point at Mickey all. Uh, sorry, at Rose all the time. But I'm like, oh, no, no, we've been doing this for over a year now. Like you know, like yeah. if you don't like it, do your Martha Jones and get out.
2: Uh, there's a moment in this that I think is the final sort of nail in the coffin when he is resigned to it because he says, you really love him, don't you? Because his face has changed. He's completely different, yet she still loves mm. him. There's no way back. There's no, oh, he's changed, so that means I
3: might have a chance again. Mm. I think Rose loves Mickey, though. Like, I think that she
1: genuinely does. Um, but well, They treat him appallingly in series yeah. two the oh, yeah. when he's holding the button and they're all laughing oh, yeah. at him, yeah, it's terrible.
3: <laughs> I think you remember the moment at the end of World War Three where Rose says, "I'm going, but don't worry, you know the doctor can bring me back in just five oh, seconds." That thing. And Jackie waits five seconds and then yeah. walks away because she just, you know, because Rose has abandoned her again, and she's had this happened before mm. but Mickey just stays there and waits still yeah. and and here like I don't think like that group and that's what this episode's doing isn't it it's relying yeah. on Mickey and Rose and Jackie to ease the transition and because yeah. there's well-defined characters. We know about their relationships. We know how they're likely to react in particular situations because they're all so good. That's the only way that Russell can afford to keep the Doctor off screen, to keep us interested. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's those, and of course, Penelope Wilton, who managed to kind of make the show watchable without the Doctor.
1: You recall the last time that happened with such spectacular success, with uh, Adric, Teagan and Nissa in Castroval. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's off screen. And it happens again. They try it again with Capaldi's Doctor, don't they? In this
2: first episode, you've got oh, the Pat, the Pat, Pat yeah, which yeah. isn't as successful as this, but it's the same idea that they're, they're putting. If he's off screen for most of the episode, yeah, who can we
1: identify with the people that we've also been following through the series? I'm so sorry to keep saying things, but you just keep bringing up interesting things to talk about. <laughs> um, That's fine. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm bringing <laughs> well, you, you say like about Mickey, but I think there's yeah. a shift then from a. mate It doesn't happen until he goes at the end of Rise of the Simon and Age of Steel, in that it's not Mickey and Rose anymore, it's Mickey and Jackie. Yeah. It's the Doctor and yes. Rose. Mickey yeah, and Jackie. Be, yeah. And then when they're turning up, Jackie's asking after Mickey and Mickey's asking after Jackie. Mm. And that relationship is lovely. Well, again, in Love and Monsters,
3: it's Mickey's absence that uh Jackie tells mm. Elton about. Oh, I used to have a little fellow helping me out. Yeah, he used to come, but oh, yeah. he's gone now. And like that relationship is great. And it is right from Aliens of London, where they're bailed up in Mickey's kitchen by the Slavey. and this. as I say, he says in this episode he's been meeting her every
2: week, so they're the two that have been left behind, yeah. bonded. Because I guess you find behind. solace in that, don't you? Yeah, together, they're yeah. the only two that can talk with one another about this craziness that's
1: happening to hmm. their whole world. You know, but you know, like these these are sort of contemporary characters, semi recurring. This is proof that he's made them super interesting, because look at how much you can talk about these people and their relationships.
2: That's just Russell's writing. He just writes magnificent characters. I love the scary Santa faces in the band, and when one of them spins on the
1: ground. Mm. I I don't know if I get the scene, though. I I think that's there. The whole thing is there, just to add a bit of Christmas.
2: Yeah, I mean, he fires his shots. Yeah, I mean the whole thing in Doctor, it happens all the time, and I've brought it up in other episodes. And sorry, but I'm going to pit Nick anyway. Uh, nitpick that he fires his bazooka thing, and he still doesn't manage to fry them alive when he's only—that's
1: <laughs> the thing, thing about that, you know right? monsters and Doctor, you know terrible shots. That's why we lost. Has to shoot Ace a hundred mm. times, and then yeah. she turns around and fires one gold coin and gets him straight away. The terrible yeah. shots.
3: I I yeah. think. I think that it's kind of fine. There's uh that is a really fun scene. I think it is really great. And but it doesn't have anything to do with the main plot. And no. so I think they're just there, A, as Joe said, to give it a little bit of Christmas, but also B to provide the Doctor with his hero moment, uh you know, towards the end of that particular sequence. And I think for the same reason they don't really belong in the Runaway Bride either, where they yeah. Do. yeah. Um, except that they're just really fabulous and spectacular, and they give Catherine Tate the chance to say Santa's a robot.
2: I do uh, like when Mickey says attacked by a brass band.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: I
1: like it when Jackie says I'm going to get killed by Christmas. A
2: Christmas tree. Yeah, so they go to the flat and a Christmas tree has arrived, which turns into a circular saw and attacks them. Oh, this scene. It's delightful, isn't it? It's delightful. I mean, (laughs) it's sold so well with the chopping up the furniture. And uh, one thing I noticed is Jackie's wearing a Treasure Island hoodie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is quite something. And making a Christmas tree scary. Brilliant idea.
3: The the great thing, too, is what Murray does, because I seem to remember that uh, Jingle Bells just got out of copyright. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so Murray could do the music and he does it with all the sort of choirs mm-hmm. and Scarface nice, kids, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a sort of demented Danny Elfman sort of quality <laughs> and it gets faster and faster. And there's one shot too, like the Christmas tree when it appears in the corner is just a computer-generated yeah. effect. Yeah. And that does make it look ominous and otherworldly. Like, I think it's a reasonable choice. But there's a really good close-up shot that happens when we're shooting through the tree and we see the branches yes. around in different directions at the top and bottom of the shot and we're looking at looking at our characters through
1: the tree it just works so well, well what's funny is it just starts off quite sedately doesn't it and they're all sort of uh, almost Lovely. amused yeah Like oh, sus, there, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's a fucking circular saw yeah it's going through the wall and there's an enormous christmas tree shaped <laughs> hole in <laughs> the <whole> cartoon <laughs> is isn't it brilliant. it's so funny and it's no
3: like the the you know Noel's holding the the chair, and I think there are like charges. Are there like there's a little practical effect? Like, it's it's a little,
1: yeah, It's a really I'm really good funny scene. And I, I hate to say the show this episode peaks at ten minutes in, but I might you know. <laughs> you know <if> <laughs> it's so when Jackie,
2: not just the line, 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 but when she's holding the wardrobe and it's shaking so much, yeah. just <laughs> the the it's just genius. So now the Doctor wakes up, doesn't he? And he uses his sonic screwdriver. She says, help me. And he wakes up. And then they go outside and the Santas beam away because he just arms his sonic at them and they go away. Mm. He's very commanding, even in that one scene he eats. Yeah, he does it with a look. Yeah, he just... And Mickey, of course, just says, oh, they're quite robust monsters, no offence, but they're just scared to a little thing in your hand.
3: The, 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 thing, the thing that's really great is that you know, the doctor's unconscious. Rose puts the sonic screwdriver in his hand and he immediately just shoots bolt upright mm. and saves them instantly. Like the first thing that but he the does. There is to yeah. 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 And, and we also get that hilarious scene, which I yes. think had been excerpted. I think we got to see it before the episode aired. Maybe. Oh, the soup, and ahead, soup in a sandwich. Soup in a sandwich, soup in a sandwich, paracetamol. <laughs> you know, what I need you to shut up. That,
2: yeah, that is <laughs> a brilliant scene. So yeah, I think that was one of the ones on the website before uh, it went yes, on.
3: Yeah, that, right. yeah, Yeah. And it's superb. And tenant nails it instantly. Mm.
1: Like, absolutely, this is the performance that we end up with. I think that's something that Rossi Davis does extremely well as well, is like, I'm not sure if he always writes wittier dialogue with Stephen Moffat, but he can pace a scene brilliantly. Mm. He does it in World War Three when he's doing that. Narrows it down, narrows it down, narrows it down. Narrows and it, it gets down, faster it down, yeah. and funnier. And that's another good example of mm. like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the gag hits. When he gets <laughs> cut off, you know?
2: And this is like a teaser of the new, the new Doctor, isn't it? So we only get on for a minute or two and then he collapses again. Yeah. And then we're, you're just wanting... It gives the audience... You just want to see more? of am no. Wake up! We we want to. We're, we're thirsty for more. We're thirsty for more. I'm sure you were thirsty in other ways as well. James oh like boy! I was, but... <laughs> <laughs> and he does look like Arthur Dent, doesn't he? And the... mm. he actually suits that look. I thought
1: the pajama dressing gown motif. Mm. I'm not sure it would work long term. No, yeah. it would not. No, no, no. For, no, a, for a, a gag in this one, I mean, doesn't he canonise Arthur Dent in this? He because does. This is a lovely. He does, yeah. Yeah.
2: The Mars mission re-establishes contact with the probe and its transmissions beamed around the world. And we'd see this alien skull face in this sort of um, Bohemian Rhapsody style
3: with the four of them. (laughs) And uh, I love Jackie saying, funny sort of rocks. (laughs) But the incredible thing, the way that that's done, we see that the the, it's not very clear what they are. And then one of them roars. And comes straight at the camera. Cut straight to the news broadcasts
1: reporting about it, which is so good. And that, that economy of pushing the narrative mm-hmm. on through the news broadcasts, it is genius. And I know he uses it again and again. Yeah. But boy, this thing was on for an hour. I felt as if it was on for 10 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah it, it whips back. The whips back. is so quick. Yeah.
2: So then we meet Alec and Harriet and Llewellyn, the head of the Mars Project, as they go to Unit HQ, Oh, Alex is just so cute, isn't he? <laughs> yes. And it makes sense to me that they would have a base under a landmark because where on earth would be the best place to go if you wanted a hidden base? Put it somewhere that nobody would think
1: it would be. But it works as well because I works, was recently yeah. in Canary Wolf and I was like, oh my God, this is tall. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I Last time I was in London,
3: before the most recent one, I remember catching the train and going past um Battersea Power Station mm. and just remembering when the you know the population of London was marching in there to be sawed up and turned into Cybermen. Oh I always say yeah.
1: oh, they put another they put the post back up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but yeah, so again it's just London. I think it works incredibly well. It's not only English shorthand, it's very cool as <laughs> well. Yes, yes. Too, too, we get some sort of exposition that we really need and we get that because we've got a new person walking in and it's Harriet who mm. who we know and love from last year or earlier this year. But she's I think so she cool. looks great in her outfit. I, yeah, think she, I think She's
2: the part. She looks the part. Like in Ails London World War 3 she was this sort of timid backbencher that you know oh, I wouldn't go anywhere near the front. I'm no important. But now she absolutely acts the part. You can believe her
3: that she's become a PM which is I thought she looked
1: a bit like a dictator, though, in that black costume.
3: (laughs) But, you know, that joke, that terribly sweet joke, because she's sort of super earnest, and because she's so... humble. She's a no-one. She's not one of Blair's babes, she says, in Aliens of London. She's she's just a no-one who's worried about the local cottage hospital and stuff. And so she has to, you know, uh, identify herself and that's such a cute thing in Aliens of London and the fact that Russell found a way to get her to still do that once she's Prime Minister and yeah. to make it a running gag that is
1: brilliant yeah. mileage, they get out oh. of that the, oh, the the best in
2: the and yeah. earth yeah. yes. the best one is later on in the episode when even the cigarettes say yeah. yes they <laughs> know yeah. who yeah.
1: Are. you are <laughs> do you remember the Dalek
2: saying it before he kills her yes yeah. Oh,
0: geez, it's
2: just a genius line I've got a note. Uh, there's a government, um, oh God, what's the word? Banning an autobiography. I've, oh, just killed, yeah, I've just killed yeah, the yeah. line now because I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah,
3: this is just a security or A bill. aye.
2: Yeah. There's a bill yeah. auto- banning my autobiography.
3: But also she's new to it and so she's got Alec and it's you know he's kind of like my right hand man and i I've never had one of those before and I'm <laughs> I quite like uh, it. I I it. Quite like it. <laughs> <laughs> and he vital next being with her. And so she's instantly lovable yeah. in the same way that she was lovable in her last appearance. And she's
1: thinking? not changed. No. Llewellyn. Llewellyn, the Llewellyn, Llewellyn is as well, and so is uh the other character, the hottie. They're all really likeable. It's a guy. likeable set of unit regulars. So we yeah. think, oh, all right, well, this might be our new regulars. Mm. No, None of them are going to die, are they? Yeah, it? we both meet Blake, as you
2: say, as well. Yeah, he seems, uh, yeah. Mm. when he's saying to Llewellyn about, oh, they might, it might not be Martians. Well, of course they're not. They look different. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you can he's just, completely you get off. Courtney's yeah. saying that line, can't you? <laughs> oh, so great. It's so fun, isn't it? The Martians thing. Because it goes on and on. I mean, it's in Waters of Mars as well. Yeah. Uh, and Russell is sort of, you know, sensible enough not to bring them back because they're terrible. But imagine, uh, if we actually the find,
2: <laughs> imagine if we actually find life on Mars one day, and God knows what we would do then with the water or something.
1: If they don't hiss, I don't want to know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the transmissions come from above Mars, not on Mars itself. So that's uh, another character. That was uh, Sally, we get introduced. who's another likable mm. character in this.
1: Well, okay. Can I just talk about Sally quickly, please? Because yeah. um, oh, I feel as if that actress has never said technobabble in her life. She <laughs> really with her line where she's going, it's fifteen hundred kilometers above Earth orbit. She sounds like a bloody robot. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's clearly like just get the line out. Yeah,
1: you me. know when she gets hypnotized. Yes. And, uh, then heads. Are, I can't tell the difference really. And, <laughs> <it doesn't stop. laughs>
2: and the aliens communicate, but we can't understand them. Now I think the language sounds terrific. This it's supposed to be mm. this um, this kind of core, and I'm doing a horrible
1: version of it's, it. But it's Klingon. It, it sounds
2: very <laughs> Klingon. It?
1: But it's also setting up the climax. Yeah, we need them not to be able to understand for the translator to work for the doctor to make his appearance. And it's a, it a great idea. Man?
2: It's a great yeah. idea again. Having that, it's a circuit as we find out, and the doctor's broken, mm. so the circuit's broken, so that's why we can't hear and translate the language and carry out those saying not my boss and i'm certainly not turning this into a war because of course she gets told that there's pressure from the u.s and says i'm not turning this into a war
1: of course reflecting Iraq. yeah
3: yeah yeah which is you know her whole first story was about iraq yeah. of course
1: i like the sentiment of it is that too on the nose I, is, is it thinking, too explicit no
3: i know because i think That's it's what we want today. Well, remember, she says in, in World War Three that she voted against um, participation in the Iraq war mm-hmm. uh, when that came up. You know, I voted against that last time. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So getting her to do that again, that's a character beat that reminds us, uh, you know, why we like her. And I think Doctor Who can't be too political.
2: No, and I think it reflects your life even now, because not to go off topic, but America always has to, because it's the big powerhouse, it's always having to get involved in these. Can you imagine if there was an alien invasion Whoa, in the U.S. or Australia?
1: Sound of drums, isn't it? We've made yeah. contact with an alien race. Air Force yeah. One is landing. The American president is here, and they then would hundred percent kills... takeover. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, yeah. until the master murders him. Yeah. And then isn't it great when the time loop reverses and just after the American president <laughs> was
0: killed?
1: Yes. Just oh, I think we're coming the to this, uh, the fast conclusion here that the Rusty Davis era of Doctor Who is just the best. Yes, I concur. Mm. I think there's a
2: strong contender for that, yeah. Mm. Certainly one of the best. Mm. 100%. Well, not to say anything about Moffat, because, well, no, I know not how not. you feel about it, Joe, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've <laughs> got <laughs> the biggest fans <laughs> <answers laughs> over yeah. here, yeah.
3: yeah. But still, this is my favourite era.
2: We're all in agreement then. That this <laughs> the era. First, mention a Torchwood. In, yeah. in this series, anyway. Oh, Second. Second. Second, yes. In I made that mistake series. this
3: morning when we were watching it. Oh, you last uh. we were watching it. So it's one of the
1: questions in... Uh... In Bad Will. Yeah. 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 Touchdown. Yeah, Torchwood. So, wait,
2: Torchwood. so Captain Jack, I was thinking, I was trying to think about this, so Captain Jack would already be there at this point. I've not listened to all the audios, but he would
1: well, yeah, be there He this back to the beginning of the 20th century, so yeah. he's been there for you Know the whole of John Perkley's time, so he is responsible for blowing up that spaceship. So the doctor
2: later on does have a bit of a point for saying, and he's
3: might
2: talking been, about oh, I want to change it in and all the rest of it, but he would have been involved in this. Mm.
1: Well, no, but it, maybe it was English Torchwood, not Welsh Torchwood. Maybe, well. I think it's worth remembering. This is the man who murdered his own grandson in order <laughs> to stop an alien invasion. I don't think he's above this sort of thing. No, that's yeah. really
3: interesting, and we'll come to that. But you know, that's
1: fun that that's
3: seeded. You know, and yeah. it's obviously seeding. You know, working ahead to establish what's going to be the kind of arc of series two. Yeah.
2: It's it the best is- way to do an arc. None of this. You is are even so working. right. None of this Stephen Muffet putting 101 things in and then it don't make sense. This is just a subtle little drip feed of a word in a couple yeah. of episodes and then you uh, get the payoff at the end. Do,
1: do you know, I think what, what works there is rewatchability in that you have a yeah. lot of standalone episodes with just subtle arc elements. Whereas, you know, you really, very rarely want to dip into the middle of season six and say, well, wow, I really fancy putting on Let's Kill Hitler in the middle of this dense arc. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't We're, know where i don't mind Let's Kill Hitler. Yeah,
2: huh? You know I don't mind Let's Kill Hitler. But yeah, But I
1: I to well, He falls to bits at one point, but otherwise... What is, is wrong really with you, pair? honestly? Tesla? that that are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Got L.A. Kenyon in it, I'll, mm. I'll give it that
2: the only bit I don't like about this whole scene, though, is when it says Sigarak rocks, as in the modern sense we rock, because that, that's out of date now, but it was a but product of its time.
1: Remember you know? the kids. Remember the kids. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Would kids say that now, though?
1: Well, I say it now. Yeah. I like am yeah. a child. <laughs>
3: I. No,
0: I get stated. Well,
3: no. so I was annoyed that they were using the name Seeker Axe because they had ripped it off the name of a witch who gets mentioned in the Tempest. That's right.
2: in the Tempest, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it, of course they use magic. Like they're a race of kind of wizards. I think you know they've got big staffs and they, the blood manipulation thing that they're using. What's it called?
1: Blood, blood, something. blood control. We blood control.
3: Yeah, but that, yeah, it's really, it's that's really classic fun. magic, isn't yeah. it? You use some a part of someone to influence the whole or something that represents someone to influence the whole. So they use magic and they're wizards. And, of course, uh, it does get kind of explained in the Shakespeare Code uh, where someone mentions the name Sycorax, and Shakespeare says, oh, that's a good name. I'll steal that one. Mm. So, in fact, uh, that's where the... The witch from the Tempest comes from. I was getting
1: strong voodoo vibes.
3: Yeah. yeah, we do actually use the word voodoo in the script. I don't know whether we, yeah, whether whether we say that anymore though. Yeah. No, I don't
2: know. Yeah, I, I I watched something. I can't remember what series it was about, and it was an episode about voodoo and the the whole perception publicly about voodoo with the blood and you know there's people with white faces and spooky yeah. characters and all that. That's a tiny
1: part of. The yeah. whole thing. you know, well, I think just... it, I think there's enough sort of shorthand there again, yeah, to make the point, you know. Well, I, I yeah. just think, stars and robes and stuff, it, and like blood, blue
3: yeah. wizards, yeah. or ma- magicians. Jackie is so sweet
2: with the comatose doctor, she says, Tell me, sweetheart, and everything else, which she would never have done with the ninth doctor. She's no. already warm into this new guy. I think it's probably a big part of it is because she fancies him. Quite frankly,
3: but yeah. Well, she did fancy the nine doctor. Well, she as fancied well. him as well, yeah. But well, she's a slag. She fancies everyone. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> she's very discerning. That's that'd be cruel. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in mean, my dressing. Right. <laughs> Anything could happen.
2: <laughs> Next is the Cigarettes. Then activate a device, and a third of the world's population climb to the top of the buildings ready oh. to jump. This is a terrifying idea.
1: Wait. But people this would just get up beside you, and up and looks like they're going to jump. But, you know, this is like Russell. He wants to do the epic, so he's going to do the spaceship coming over the yeah. and the A and that. But he also leads into the intimate as well. So this is people's families leaving their family homes. And and the the scene with the woman who's going, you know, she's begging her son and she's saying, you're really scaring me now. Come in. Yeah, Sort of scene you only get in Rusty Davis Doctor Who. That uh- really... Those details, those little character details.
2: And I you found think the mum that... much more believable than the than Sandra. She was a bit over the top for me saying, Come on, Jason. But no, I I she part? was great as well. <laughs> nah, I thought she was a bit over the top personally. But the mum was very, very it was that yeah. was really like
1: for a couple of yeah. lines. That's a great Oh, one.
2: yeah, yeah. She she that was I thought that was much more believable. I thought Sandra was a bit over the top.
3: But I think the fun thing is that in Doctor Who up until this point, you you just don't ever have scenes like that. So it's not just no. the crowd. It's the fact that you have someone who's paid to just come in and say a couple of lines, mm. you, you know uh we couldn't afford him no and you and like you mount these very very short scenes to create this picture that kind of don't go anywhere it does happen increasingly because it's a matter of cost like it's expensive to do that you know if you've got the choice between uh a, a 30 second scene with the other actors in the same set that you've already you know that's a much cheaper proposition than illustrating it with these just little vignettes and you know the people going up and down the the stairs of the tower block mm-hmm. and and all of that. Like and then a... there's special effects shots of it all around the world. Oh, so
1: yeah. immediately, he makes it international.
2: like insane. Even the policeman. Even the policeman's on his radio, because he's obviously reported to base, look, yeah. there's hundreds of people going on the roof here, and he's just reporting. You can hear in his voice, even with that actor.
1: Mm. Oh, my it's... God. And I just roof, cannot believe... <laughs> On the first Doctor Who Christmas special, that Rusty Davis dares to suggest that a third of the public <laughs> yeah. will commit suicide. Yeah, he's uh, brave, enough. he's a very
2: brave writer as well, isn't he? That, yeah.
1: he... I, I think that the um,
3: I think that the shots of the Eiffel Tower and the Colosseum and stuff are done for laughs, though. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think because it's a ridiculous idea. Like, it's you remember when. Um, like maybe the nearest the Matt Smith era gets to an alien invasion like this is power of three. Yeah. Well, that's the news in there again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great episode as well. But you know, the villain wants to give everyone on earth a heart attack, and that's <laughs> so kind of awful and kind of boring. Yeah, that, you yeah, know, all more time. There's something just so like you would never have thought of it no other writer thinks of that as an idea and Mm -hmm. it gives great visuals it's sort of immediately threatening but it's weird you know they're not it's not the Daleks bombing us with plague bombs or anything like that it's such a strange threat listen to the latest Nick Briggs epic no I was thinking of Dalek Invasion of
1: Earth but that's Russell Davis' raison d'etre, isn't it? Thinking about this show in yeah. new ways. So that bit yeah. oh, sorry to go off tangent again. No, no, but that bit in Aliens of London where he takes Rose home. And no one has ever thought in all of those seasons of Classic Who to think, what did the family think yeah. when these people went missing? And you're like, well, how have we done this for 26 years and we've never considered this? That's what he does.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: He revolutionises Doctor Who. He yeah. you know, totally does, 27 yeah. Seven seasons in.
2: Yeah. I even like the light effect. A lot of people seem to... A lot of fans sort of have a go about the light effect looking like a hairdryer. <laughs> but
1: fans oh, will right. complain about anything
3: but it's there to visually because we see it on the sicker hand yeah and then we see it around sally's head so it's it's a special effect whose job it is to show us the causal link between those two events because the sicker sicker are aren't around mm. do you know what i mean we uh-huh. how do we know that um we're doing it and the other thing that i like too is When they translate the message from the Sycorax and it's they will be killed, and for a moment we boggle. Remember, um, Garcia says, Oh, no, they is the right uh, pronoun. And then when they're up on the roof, suddenly people realize who's meant by they they will all die but we don't know who that who that's referring to and then we
1: realize who it's referring to think you know when he says the they line yeah. it's not long off it's pretty, like directly after that isn't it when they yeah. start going yeah that's right and we're kind of trusted for a bit to just make that link
3: yeah or yeah. we're allowed to have forgotten it and then suddenly mm-hmm. you know it's explained to us you know that mystery's cleared up i think
1: the order of that's really good Sorry to jump to the end, but I'm gonna. <laughs> not only did he have the nerve to make that suggestion about mass suicide, but then he has the doctor press that bloody button, and everyone steps forward. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat, going, "No, oh. it's you know." Like, did he say? For- did he say forward? They all step never noticed that. When he they don't step
3: back.
2: back.
3: No, they step forward and then stop. Yeah,
2: they
1: oh. all step forward as if they're gonna jump. He's a bad they man. Might that. that. <laughs> He's a very bad man, Rossi.
2: <laughs> I'm going to have a right go at Daniel Llewellyn now, because what a bloody idiot he is. Why would he put blood on the satellite? Why? Yeah,
3: he wouldn't. It's, mm-hmm. It is a little bit of a reach. And so, you know, he wants to use blood control. He, he, You know, he's come up with that as an idea. Oh, my God, how did they get hold of blood? Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> instead of putting... Putting our nudes on the satellite. How <laughs> <our address>. have <laughs> cool. they got on the moon? Is it we... On the moon, they've got a, a plate of
2: a man and a woman. Or, i think that, was got that wrong? One
3: of the Voyager probes yeah, had that. Yeah. It, yeah. it was like our nudes Vinci, and our address
2: But this guy, this bloody idiot, puts seeds on the moon. He puts blood on on the satellite. He puts.
1: Mm. I think he said I, some I other you thing. Why he put blood in that satellite? Precisely for the plot of the Christmas invasion, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work, but it, you know, it, we, go sort of it. Get there. Yeah, we
2: go with yeah, it. Yeah, get there, they with go it. with it, yeah. I think it makes us our appeal now on the TV to find the doctor. Right, this is a bit I love with Are we asked about the royal family?
3: Oh, they're on the roof. No, <laughs> the best thing about it is she looks off camera, and yeah. someone tells her, and then she says it, and that's funny, like she's not playing it as a joke
1: it's so so (laughs) funny but that's what makes it funny the gravity of her performance, (laughs) you know, it could have come from down to fucking Abbey she's making that
2: terrible (laughs) joke it's It's wonderful and this is the bit I was talking about earlier with Rosie's reaction so she's obviously, I, I get it she's reacting to like Harriet saying that on the telly, hits home he is not around, but I don't know, I just thought it was a bit Sort of over. I just thought it was over the top, but
1: but you disagree with me. So. <laughs> I'm going to so spend a lot of time with you. You know, so you redefine mm. what over the top is. <laughs> I, well, uh, there's a couple other stories, obviously that will probably hit in the nose on that one. I mean, she's a bit more, <laughs> more over the top in Doomsday when he says goodbye to her. I, mean, those are I disagree. Ideas, I'm
2: you <laughs> I disagree. I think in Doomsday it's a bit different because it's he is totally gone. Here is she's he's in the room. He's got a different face, but he is there. Yeah.
1: I, I, think, I don't know. That's I just think mind. that he's not going to wake up. That's what she's thinking, that, yeah. that he's comatose for life. Oh, yeah. and the world's going to win. Yeah, I just don't think she...
3: I mean, you know, we know what happens when the Doctor changes. And in a way, in a way, like the... Him waking up and dispatching the robots is a concession to us as the audience, isn't it? We're tuning in, and particularly, you know, Russell must have been, you know, hugely excited to tune into episode one of Robot to see what the hell, you know, who. Tom who Baker, yeah, Baker, yeah, yeah, we yeah. need to see, and so he knows that he has to do that bid. And that does make it maybe slightly harder to believe Rose's feelings of abandonment. And I guess that's the payoff, you know, if you, if you yeah. put it too hard and you say, well, she's already seen him wake up and save them. And presumably she expects him to do that again. Um, so maybe there's a, just a story, to, you know, like a, a thing that had to happen in the story that does, that kind of works against the success of another part of the story. And and it's, just,
1: it's the point where she's sort of given up, isn't it? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah.
3: But that abandonment thing, you know, like I kind of buy that, even though he's just woken up for a couple of seconds and made a few hilarious remarks about Howard. And...
1: You, you know that point you just went about the concession to having David and wake up? Mm. Uh, there's a whole pilot it. None of it needs to happen for the plot to work, does no. it? No. It's not that yeah. entire. A sequence is is for a bit of Christmas yeah, and to see David Tennant in action. It doesn't
2: yeah. quite make sense. I was thinking about it. It's just a common thing that comes up with this episode, I think, where the pilot fish, have they been set by the cigarettes or not? Because if they have... They haven't really found out.
3: <laughs> I think the idea really is out. that they haven't. And so... Yeah. And I also think, isn't it said... Did I dream this? That the regeneration energy they pick up on the regeneration. Yeah, yes, yeah, and yeah.
1: I think that's the point of of yeah. seeing that.
3: And so they pick up on it in order because they found a sort of powerful power source on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then the pilot fish thing is just him saying. You know, a big alien is sometimes attended by a sort of swarm of small
1: aliens and whatever. the dispensed so it's like something is coming. Well,
2: I wonder that... if the, uh, the Ragnos has woken up yet.
0: Oh, I'm not sure. Mm, don't know. So it took
2: her over a year to get, <laughs> get her invasion plan
0: <laughs>
2: But I don't know, it's just, it, yeah, they're not there because of the cigarette, because the cigarettes don't know anything about the doctor when they see no. him. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's as you say, it's a side, sorry, plot really.
1: Yeah. It's that like great exchange, isn't it? <laughs> Who are you?
2: Oh no! no, no. no. <laughs> the chart smashes as well, and but, as you say, the ship appearing in the clouds, Big Ben being repaired, and then Rose becomes the doctor really because she she says she does say I don't know what to do, but she says right, we need food, we this, we're going to TARDIS, let's go. She does take control at that point, although she doesn't know what she's going to do. She just. In well,
1: the way, aren't they? They're yeah, <laughs> <He's away. away. laughs> But well, the whole world's gone to hell in a basket. We'll be safe.
2: And the, cigarette, the cigarette's the Cigarax asks for the leader of the humans. So Carriot says, yep. Yeah. and they go up in the uh, teleport. Mm. I think the ship interior looks amazing. Uh, it's just the, the, the time,
0: got...
2: yeah yeah. I mean, they've, managed, they've obviously it's the old effect of having five or six people in costume, and then they've duplicated Duplicated.
3: about 100 times or well yeah no i think it works really well they recede into the distance so it doesn't matter they're a bit blurry and the sound sells it i think you know yeah the roars and and laugh and stuff
1: well and they've done that brilliant thing of having you know that all the cigarettes look the same so you can just whereas when they try the the rings of Akatin, well they've got all these different aliens but they've actually only got 12 with yeah. one robot. Yeah. And that robot appears there, there, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately. You know, so, as they yeah. duplicate it across the screen. Yeah.
2: Daniel gets a couple of good lines as well. He, I, I thought he was a bit camp when he said, Sonic Wave, it's hit the atmosphere. <laughs> He's, <a very laughs> he that. He's so adorable. I
1: wouldn't know anything about
2: campus, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and the bit, obviously, where the cigarettes takes his mask off and he says, Oh, they might be like us or not. Damn. Because, of course, they're not. Okay.
3: It was, it, remember I was doing it today and I think that what they look like is you, when you go to the doctor's office or something and there is a diagram of the sort of skeletomuscular system, you know, like it's like yeah. a human figure that's had all the skin removed. And so they're like that, except that they're skeletons on the outside of the muscles. Brilliant. It's such a great design. And the okay. ship as well. Like, uh, that early, that whole RTD era, the ships look really
1: distinctive. We started listening Absolutely. to the Webstar. Yep. Yeah. That funky-looking uh, flying saucer in Partners in Crime.
2: Even know. the space uh, and on uh, Aliens of London World War
1: 3. But remember the Jadoon ships that were the big cylinders? And... Oh, do you remember? We're going to take, we're going to reclaim the Earth with the Vinvochi. Tiny little cruiser.
3: (laughs) But I think all of them do that. And the other thing that he is careful to do that I think is the sort of thing that like I would have liked as a kid is to give the aliens different ways of killing people, you know, like it's, Uh And so the Sikoraks here, where you end up with the smouldering sort of pile of bones.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. They've They've been been watching the last outpost. Did you notice? They've been stealing their electric whips off the Ferengi. (laughs) (laughs) That and the Indiana Jones with the whip. Yeah. You know, you said about the Sikoraks, the faces. In Horns of Nymon, the original concept was that they had those dreadful ball heads. And then they chopped (laughs) them off. And there was something scary. well. Well, I think like, He's leaning into that mm. a bit here because we're yeah. going. They're reasonable, but a bit ropey masks, and then they take the mask off and that incredible makeups underneath. And it's like this is what we can really do. But you know? it's also
3: the traditional Doctor Who thing of having a hero alien who has all the makeup yeah. on, oh, yeah, and the rest of them just <laughs> keep, does all the talking. Deeply wear masks,
1: and the hero alien that does all the talking.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's
2: like Hellraiser in reverse, almost where it's got the muscle as you see, and then the bone on the top.
1: Oh, did you just have to bring out Hellraiser? So Pinhead is responsible for many of my childhood nightmares. Oh, remember that? Uh, <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's,
2: well, Claire Higgins is in that as well. Remember, well, mm-hmm. Terry Farrell's
1: in one of the. Oh, yes, six. yes, yeah. This is back before she could act.
2: <laughs> Jackie does bring bags of food to the Tardis. So that is just wonderful. She comes out, and there's about four or five. Bags, and they're like, What are you doing when they're t- they're doing all the hard work pulling the doctor along? And she <laughs> just goes, Well, you said you wanted food, <laughs> which is brilliant.
3: I just her being uh, left outside is a bit of a shame.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking that uh, what would Jackie have been like if she had met the Sycorax?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's fantastic though to save her first trip in the TARDIS for kind of. Elast, yeah, right. we don't do everything oh, in That whistle, joke, my mum's still here <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <actually, laughs>
2: I'm going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> It's so good out like said though that half are going to be sold into slavery I wonder what would happen to the other half I'm assuming they would just be Controlled
1: uh, They got a line in the sex trade So they're all off <laughs> of Do you think? Yeah. I just think they get Murdered, no, they get left behind to
3: enjoy the extra space. I think it's oh, yeah. yeah. very magnanimous
1: it's of life. them, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's,
3: a good, that's
0: a
2: good thought, actually. Yeah,
3: we could yeah, do with no, <laughs> no more queues at the post office, <laughs> <laughs> it's up again, can't we? <laughs> yeah, less right. people
1: to distribute the money amount to. Oh, this government would still make our life hell, yeah. Get yeah. Them out. That's true, that is true. Still, st- he still needs to murder the prime minister and the president,
2: yeah. yeah. It's a government in Australia. They can't even be as bad as the UK, are they?
3: No, we've mm-hmm. uh, we we've got a Labour government at the moment. Oh. Uh, they're still bad. I mean, I we've looked over it in been... your direction
1: recently, yeah. you know, uh, enviously. Yeah, but now we've got another reason to do that.
2: <laughs> Mickey's a bit stupid now because he tries to put the TV the TV on, and neither of them think, wait a minute, that might alert the spaceship up there, and the TARDIS gets transported up.
3: Mm. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, I hadn't thought.
2: Yeah, he, put, he says, "Oh, he's got a TV, isn't he?" And then presses a button, and yeah. then they, they register that's alien yeah. tech. But
1: so you know, Mickey, you know when Mickey the. TARDIS... the idea. He is an idiot, but we love him. Um, you know, you know when the TARDIS transports onto the Secret Ship, and yes. there's a mad panic to shut the door. Mm, there's yes. a intensity to those scenes. Then, isn't yeah, there? yeah, I feel like everyone's. Genuinely convinced they are in deadly danger.
3: You know, it's oh, really good
1: the way Harriet grabs Rose, doesn't
3: she? Goes, My sweet thing. Yeah. Or something. Uh, yeah. Oh
2: yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's a genius idea though that the tea is going to help revive the doctor. So of course the tea we see spills, and I just yeah. just only Doctor Who could do a thing like that, and that's why we love it's, it. There's the nothing tea more revives English. the doctor.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: he is the key to the climax
3: but it's funny isn't it because you've got kind of no way of understanding what that scene means you know we see we see the up upended thermos not upended but you know the open thermos dripping through the grating that forms the floor of the console room onto something and steaming and that's it and you kind of think what's what's that about and it is a wonderful resolution when you sort of find
1: out what it is i can hear phrases saying deus ex machina no no
3: <laughs> set up it's all perfectly set up do you know what else it does and it leaves in the tea you see yeah, i'm
1: yeah.
2: actually enjoying it but even in the tea and it's affecting them it's yeah. nice. i think
1: a lot of people look over at doctor who from other countries because it is so quintessentially mm. english and there is nothing yeah. more quintessentially english than a cup of tea and Saving the day, they, they, he,
3: I mean, there's that in dialogue essentially, isn't there? You know, like it's an
1: English, you know, well, yeah. I, I think then it's always a, lofty, it takes a um, tenant with his charisma to make to sell that, yeah. But then he also has, like, he told, you know, just the sort of thing you need to waken up the synapses, yeah. And he's saying techno babble for the first time, and it's the first time I was like, oh my god, he can just read yeah, it off, yeah. convincing,
2: he can, he's a natural, uh, yeah. So Rose speaks for humanity. The oh, thing that struck me with this was two things. One is it's a believe, much more believable reaction than Clara. Clara would have just been there and went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're going to stop here. And it would have been, the, I'm not scared in the slightest. But Rose does a believable reaction. She's in front of all these creatures. and like, What the what am I going to do here? And we have the reference to all the season one monsters, which, again, is good for the audience, just tying in. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that.
3: Her performance is so good, though, because yeah, she yeah, is yeah. clearly terrified. Yeah. When the eggs start laughing, she does a little
1: nervous oh, laugh as right. well. It's Yeah.
3: So it's I totally like believable.
1: It to his reaction because he's like, and now we're going to kill you. And she just goes, yep. like, really. Oh, yeah. You. It's that thing too, you know, the Eggleston
3: Doctor inspires people to be better. He's the Doctor who makes people better. And... There's that great line where is that Harriet says to her as she steps forward, uh, he'll—they'll kill you, or or you'll die, or something." And she just says, "It never stopped the doctor." Mm. So yeah. good, so great. I
2: love how she mentions the Daleks at the end. So she's went through all the monsters, and then goes, "Oh, and the Daleks." <laughs> <laughs> the cigarettes yeah. have clearly never heard of them because they just—they mm-hmm. don't react. It is right.
1: So, it's, it's very funny though, that scene as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. The best, it's arguably the, the big hero moment now though, because we start to hear the cigarettes speaking in English. Mm. So if you're watching, you know, it means the doctor must be all right. Because I can imagine kids watching this and then thinking, oh, they're speaking. I it mean, it's a, it's the flag that everything's going to be okay.
3: Mm. It's really good too, isn't it? Because it happens gradually. Yeah. Um, and then they start to notice, like... It's um English. Yeah, Alec is he's speaking giving English. a running translation and eventually there's nothing to translate because he's just saying the same words. And the, the
1: Sean Gilders doing it in time with him yeah. as well. So that's really... Right. And it's, even it's, as the,
2: the great line um, of... I would never... I'm forgetting my quotes tonight.
1: Dirty of my tongue or something. yeah with your, Aye, I wouldn't really
2: dirty my tongue with your primitive bile.
1: Yeah. But what I love is Rusty Davis there is taking something he set up way back in the end of the world, which is the TARDIS getting in your brain and translating the language without the yeah. time. was like, okay, that, that's another way of looking at the show because we've yeah. never asked that question before yeah. as to mm-hmm. why people understand. No, Sarah does in Mask of Mandragon. No. Oh, okay. Once. So yeah. Not, that's a, not much, though, in 26 seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. And we're on all these alien planets and they're all talking English. No, she was wondering how she could speak Italian. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. How do I pick up these four Italian men? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then he ties that into this climax where because she can understand uh they can understand the cigarettes all of a sudden, that means our heroes come in. Yeah,
2: yeah. and then they go, they all look behind themselves,
3: it zooms in on the TARDIS, and there he is.
1: Does uh, you miss resplendent.
3: The jo- "Miss Me" line is stolen from
1: Buffy. Yes, that's, that's when when she comes back from the dead. I
3: think so. Mm. But yeah, and you know Russell has watched Buffy obviously because oh, sure. it's all over the series <laughs> one and two. Um, but it's just magnificent, isn't it? It's yeah. so good. So I mean,
1: mad. I mean, he shows off every facet. That you could possibly want from a doctor, you know, cheeky and funny and smart and personable. And He's questioning a himself and facing up to the monsters. And he even quotes the fucking Lion King, which I love to think. <laughs> it's, it's an absolutely
2: fantastic introduction. The whole this is your life, the fact he makes a joke about being ginger and not being ginger again. Yeah. He's completely the doctor yeah from yeah. from the off like some of the other doctors it takes a couple of like capaldi you take a couple of stories i thought anyway yeah
1: to get, to mate, really I get think capaldi is even certain if he's the doctor or not you know but as <laughs> i mean the I mean, character not the actor yeah, yeah. yeah but right from the
2: bank
3: he's the doctor mm. and it's that tenant thing just how verbal tenant is like i don't yeah. think anyone else in the role is as verbal and you see you know he ends up writing to that with things like midnight but here just giving the doctor a big long speech and just relying on him to be charismatic and commanding and entertaining and particularly making us wait 50 minutes for that is genius it's so good the best bit of this
2: whole scene for me is the moment he has with Harriet. Mm. And he says when she's thinking that it's obviously not the same man, all you were uh, concerned about was your mother being in a home. Mm-hmm. And she just goes, Oh my god, it's just this beautiful woman
1: they have well and then she, when they move down later, she goes, Absolutely the, same, the same man. man. Yeah. And gives her a, a big hug. Party piece. Oh, I like the moments of darkness in this as well. So yes. like, only is he very funny and very charismatic. But, you know, he, had, he had no second chances. It picks up the sword straight away. He pushes that button. Now he knows nothing's going to happen. We don't know that. So for a moment, we're like, Doctor, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know,
2: There was part of me that wished, though, that a bit more of this fun that we see in this first scene was there at the end. By the end, we know that bad things are going to happen to the Doctor. That's just what happens in the series now. And, mm-hmm. But in his last couple of stories, you know, this sort of pain (laughs) yeah and all this pain part of me did think I wish they had kept just a little bit more of this sort of fun side for me it becomes a bit too serious and too crying and such by the end of his tenure for me but
1: well, they try, don't they? They try and do it. They've got that sequence at the beginning of the end of time where he comes out and he's got like the bow, the yeah. Hawaiian shirt, and he's cracking. He named the Galaxy Allison, yeah, but it's just it's a total front, isn't it? And yeah. then he has the scene in the cafe with Will, and that's what he's going through.
3: But I mean, I think there's an indication here that that's a front, and it it's not the only place. But yeah. one of the things is, and it's both of Russell's doctors are a performance... Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've again, I've said this heaps of time on, times on flights for entirety. That's what you do, isn't it? You're wounded, so yeah. But yeah. In, in the same way that Russell is a performance in a lot of senses as well, mm-hmm. because all throughout, what like one of the great glories of this era is that we get to know the production really well. And one of the things that makes me so excited about the new show is that you've got Jane Tranter, Julie, Phil, and Russell all back. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear from them. And remember that Russell's shtick is everything's marvellous, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it, and we know from Russell's own writings, you know, the stuff that he's written in Writer's Tale and so on, that that he struggles with all sorts of darkness yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, personal difficulty and stuff. It's and, a last-minute writer on yeah. It, yeah. It reflects
2: by life. and
0: your
3: life.
2: It reflects your life because, in a way, everyone puts on a front.
3: Yeah, but I mean, the the fact that The Doctor is a performance, I think, is really peculiarly Russell. Yeah. And and we get that here with that no second chances, Mm. I'm that kind of a man. And that seems to be what The Doctor is, you know, once we drop the sort of comedy performance.
1: I will say that I don't think that seriousness really hits until Waters of Mars... I think he's he is fun. Like there are, yeah, areas, yeah. But he's fun throughout two, three, and four. Oh, yeah. But I
3: think even in New Earth, when he threatens the Cat Nuns, he's pretty. You
1: know, he's pretty frightening there as well. Mm. And it's he, never more frightening than the end of Human Nature and Family of Blood.
2: I think he gets better as well with the darkness and the. I remember saying this on the New Earth one, where in New Earth he does, he's a bit too much teeth. If, if yeah, that's my drift, and he gets better at those dark moments as he goes on. But for him, the actor and him, the person, he's just finding
3: his way into yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. To be fair, so but talk about hitting the ground running. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh absolutely. Um... I also think that hero moment of giving him a sword, like the first big yes. alien defeat, is a sword fight. That's so great. It's the... swashbuckling. It's really physical um you know it's it's thrilling it works with the sicker because they're a race of wizards you know like the whole thing fits together with the aesthetic of the episode and with proving that the doctor's a hero uh, because the hero bests the villain in a sword fight
1: and what i love there is how much russell subverts what you think is going to happen because you're like okay the doctor's out he's having an amazing sword fight out on that cliff or stroke spaceship Mm -hmm. um And then his arm gets no, his hand gets cut off. I remember watching that and I was like, what what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then that's into the magic again, doesn't it? Mm. Because they're absolutely horrified when he grows the hand with the regeneration energy. And then it's it's the big speech about, you know, go away and don't come back. This place is defended, blah, blah, blah. And then he kills him when he goes after him. Mm. It's great. It's I, I just like there's never a predictable path. Right. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, always surprised. Yeah, the before
2: that we had the big, great, big, threatening button. I mean, mm, only right. <laughs> well, just button. it isn't you know a complicated machine or whatever. It's just a big button. Simple. Mm. That's all you need. And the taste. You taste
1: the blood though. Yeah, that's gross. But that's yeah. <laughs> uh, who. Who J- one doctor Jody Whitaker picks up soil, soil. Starts eating it?
3: No, I but I think Amy asks Matt's doctor whether he's always been this disgusting, and he sort of says, Oh no, I think I just sort of picked it up recently. And it like tenant, it's the thing it originates with tenant, so it's not just the blood, yeah. but you remember him licking the door, Lexitor, in the yeah. Door, Tooth and claw, yeah, you know, like it's a thing that that keeps happening. We're used to this without okay, looking in the two doctors yeah. as well, haven't we? <laughs> Jacqueline Pierce all yeah. over the floor licking up Colin Baker's
2: blood. He's yeah. totally right as well about the hypnosis. That I thought I'd look this up. You can't kill someone with hypnosis because if they don't want to do something, they don't want to do it. Won't so they has got some basis of truth, this whole...
1: That means that Rusty Davis is a magician then because he's made us believe it's going to happen. Yeah. But
3: I love just even the phrasing of that is a very yeah. rusty thing. You know, you can hypnotise someone, but you can't hypnotise them to death. Like, we've all heard many times the thing that, you know, you can't hypnotise someone into sort of harming themselves or whatever. But the hypnotise them to death is such a good mm. phrasing of that. It's yeah. A, it's just clever. He's clever with words, and so he and uh, David Tennant fit really well together as writer and you know actor. And the mercy, to...
1: the, uh, the big red button that features in this story is far more effective than the big red button that appears in Journey to the Center of the Tardis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the well, don't get really me started on that, that point.
2: <laughs> don't get me started on that episode. Oh. Well the randomizer's a cruel beast, you know, will come up one well, day. I, I know, I know it will, and I'm not looking forward to that. I'm waiting there, without...
1: I'm, I'll be waiting for the call Dave.
2: <laughs> we can both absolutely savage it to death. <laughs> Great. I wonder what the doctor called the cigarettes the know. Because he calls them or something. Something
1: yeah, on.
2: Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is it a translation three.
1: of Klingon? I don't know. <laughs> Big dog. <laughs> Perfect. It's just a load of consonants, isn't it? Yeah. It's space language. And it's I a just like it, good... big fella. Big fella, yeah. Big fella, yeah <laughs>
2: I like that as well. I love the fight, but the, mm-hmm. the swords are clearly heavy and they work heavy in real life. I think it's very well directed, and they have the bit where it slows down the cinematic moment, where it slows down with them going Wah! at each other.
3: There's a wonderful shot too, where there it's mostly the sky. And they're yes. really,
1: really, tiny in the frame. That's a great shot. I'm going to try He's and make up. you both say something at the same time now. This is an untitled Star Trek Project reference now. Okay. Yeah. But where do they go? They go outside. They go oh. outside.
2: <laughs> <Quite> <laughs> Sorry, I was too slow on the you. <laughs> Very bright Christmas day. Obviously, it was filmed in July, but, God, I yeah. wish I had a Christmas day sky looking like that up here. God, unheard of. Yeah.
3: We have that every year. It's always like thirty-two yeah. degrees and stuff. Too hot to eat anything. It's it so bloody cold this year. Was... <laughs> we were almost all in cryogenic suspension. It's not quite as bad as the runaway bride, where it is literally <laughs> <Yeah. completely laughs> hot. They're
2: shooting. <laughs> uh, David Tennant's even getting a sunburn on yeah. that one. Yeah. You can see it on his face. You know, it was a good year. It was a, good it was a very good year. So his hand gets cut off, like we said, and time lords seem to have a strange sort of pain threshold or not pain threshold. It doesn't maybe it's a regeneration energy, it doesn't react to Yeah. Jody falls through the roof of a train. Yeah, yeah. she falls through <laughs> 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 yeah. I like it. It's a typical doctor though, saying, I'm not gonna kill you, but just say that to everyone that I've won. Yeah. Okay, right, big fella, right? We're well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Harriet Jones just says, Bravo.
1: Mm-hmm. This is lovely. I
3: Which love when he goes great. into the fight at the end after the hand regenerates and saying, I mean, you know what sort of hand this is? It's a fight. Fighting
1: hand.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, the Satsuma thing is a bit dumb, but it's funny, and who cares if it's a bit yeah, dumb? Yeah, yeah. It's an edge it.
1: tier. Oh, I love
2: how <laughs> the floor the, the floor breaks. He says
1: standard, um, and then you just get ah double standards. So we murdered somebody, and then he has to go at Harry Jones for murdering people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got them true. to go away with
3: words, didn't that's he? True. He got them, he, he gave that that it is defended speech. And yeah, that,
2: that's an expert, away. he's defended.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I suppose he does say no second chances, and he doesn't give Harry Jones a second chance, does Not. he?
2: And that comes up again and again, obviously, with Tenets Doctor, it's defended one chance only.
3: Yeah. But Mm. at least one chance, too. Remember the the Sirens, you know, they
1: get a chance before he goes to blow them up. That's why I think Last of the Time Lords is so underrated, you know, because for once, it isn't the Doctor. It's Martha Jones that steps up and and does (laughs) that big heroic speech at the end and it's defended. I love that. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I love that as well.
1: <laughs> no, I love it as well,
3: But they love it as well because when they go back down to earth, they're going. It
1: is defended yeah. like all of them, you know, like yeah. Mickey
2: and
3: Rose. Well, have...
1: like, probably like the kids in the playground yeah. the next day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Rose even gives Mickey a cou- uh, Mickey gives Rose a collie, Bucky, and everything. It's yeah, it's <laughs> he does anything. It's even the doctor at that point saying, "Oh, wait a minute, before you start celebrating, they're not away yet." And then ship goes. So we come in obviously the big moral argument in this mm. now the doctor really sort of makes up her mind because he does this whole speech first about yeah. you're being you're being seen more and more you're sending probes out into space you better get used to it and if get anything it, that, it, if it anything,
1: felt like it was being baited
3: yeah yeah, yeah. it seems like yeah. he's goading her and what she says is not wrong like the doctor yeah. was asleep. There was no doctor. She had to call for the doctor because this invasion happened in his
1: absence. So she's not wrong. And we come back to it as well in the stolen earth when he's not yeah. there yeah. again. And she yeah. says, I knew this day would come. Yeah. I mean, the whole
2: speech about they're there more and more is like the one that the brig made in Spearhead, isn't it? Where he's saying to Lashaw, Look, we're saying we're getting noticed more and more and more. And yeah. Just before we get into the, the, the meat of this, as we're talking, sorry, it's when Jack. I forgot to say when Jackie appears. <laughs> it's so brilliant. And she appears and just goes, "Bloody hell, it's the Prime Minister." Yeah. <laughs> all these bits, and it's a family unit. They all have a big hug. Yeah, it's one doctors found his family, um, and
3: in fact, Harriet distances herself from that yeah. like there's a big celebratory hug and I think she knows that the doctor won't agree with absolutely what... yeah absolutely,
2: And so she
3: separates herself from that little celebration she stands apart from it and gives Alec the order yeah um, it's the
2: yeah. pain on her face she knows yeah. she knows that the doctor's going to hate her for this and yeah. she knows that it's not going to be popular, but she makes for her this decision that she feels is right.
1: <sighs> she's probably been looking through the files, Dave. This has happened yeah. quite a bit. And she's oh, like, yeah. well, look, let's just stop this happening again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's A it, a lot of people think this whole thing echoes the Falklands War.
1: About, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
2: I think you it... know, The whole thing with Margaret Thatcher blowing up the boat. And...
3: <laughs> well, I think that that's it too. You know, like Russell uh, exhibits just... You know, blistering hatred for Tony Blair because of the Iraq War, and you know yeah. the Master becomes Tony Blair. Do you think the that's end.
1: the most explicit example with the ra- the bombs raining <laughs> on the planet? Well, no, yeah, well,
3: yeah, yeah. You know, the big military <laughs> thing at the end with the Master and stuff. But you know, Thatcher, and so giving Harriet something to do that echoes what Margaret Thatcher did during the Falklands War is, you know. Like it's a pretty rough thing to do, and he, he as writer is fairly sympathetic with Harriet Jones and and at least gives her a crisis of conscience and and a plausible justification for what she's done, but you know it's still murder as far as the doctor's concerned, yeah. and he's right too. But the show has set Harriet
1: Jones up as the savior yeah. of yes. like the UK. And, and uh, the twist in that—I mm-hmm. love this because Russell Davis yeah. is saying, say, "Don't get too comfortable."
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And the, after the fact, it's like it's like
2: when Sylvester McCoy and Remembrance said, "If you put a pebble into a lake, and you see the rupture, the you know the waves coming out from it, the everything that comes from this moment in the next couple of series comes to this moment because mm-hmm. getting rid of Harriet, as happens." sets the chaining events up that causes all the... So he's he's probably responsible for more murder than Harriet Jones was at this point because of his decision. Is it the right decision?
1: Um, I think the Doctor's being... I think there's a bit of self-hate here because he's remembering the time war decisions he's made. So I think yeah. we're leaning into that a little bit.
2: Well, well can I see Harriet's point of view.
1: Yeah, partly. well, the show presents
3: Harriet's point of view and it's a reasonable... Thing and it yeah. justifies it in the Solar Earth as well, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, but I still think that you know there's something about being the person that you know uh calls for you know that weapon to activate and kill thousands and thousands of people, and we aren't permitted to forget that at the end of the episode mm, either because yes. that thing about the snow, so so. I think that we I think we should conclude that she's done the wrong thing. Um but maybe what the problem is I
2: definitely remember watching this and before we get the stolen earth and we watched this and it was on. There is I think with a lot of people when they watch that this, this conflict of what camp are you in? Because you can see both sides of the coin. And, 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 and that's
3: deliberate. Like that is absolutely deliberate.
2: deliberate.
1: That's good drama. Yeah. yeah that's that why we're talking drama. about it now.
2: Yeah, yeah. and and but from the doctor's perspective, obviously it's well, they're they're leaving. They're going to probably yeah, tell everyone. Yeah, they will so leave. That's her-
1: what he says. Yeah. Well, I do. I do. I think he is a steaming hypocrite, David Tennant's doctor. A lot of. I, I, I agree with
2: that. That's just well. committed
1: yeah. murder. <laughs>
2: you know, like... but, but as you say, you can see it from Carrie's point of view because he was not there, and and it's a, it's a big moral. It's just a bloody brilliant moral.
1: Yeah. Huh? I, feel, I just think we think that the story is over at this point. Yeah. And we're all relaxing into them, all hugging and all of that. Yeah. This hits. Yeah. Bang. One <laughs> extra surprise. Although I will say one thing to you, Dave. Yeah. Just five little words. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, six, six, actually. Don't you think Fraser's opinion mm-hmm. seems hired?
2: <laughs> um Fraser, I don't some mean them, it. <laughs> some of them.
1: Fraser, you're I right. don't
2: agree with them on everything. I agree with them on some things. Not, nobody can agree with everyone on anything.
1: We love you, Fraser, really. We, love, we do love I'm you, I'm just Fraser. making a point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the Doctor picks his new outfit, and we see the wardrobe. Why did we not see the wardrobe come back? It's you... the That's bloody bro- wardrobe. at Staircase. Is that oh, right? God. Why on earth did we not see this again? Because it was a different production team
3: after <laughs> very quickly reject the uh, John Nathan Turner's Hawaiian shirt that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hanging up. And the Casanova outfit. Yeah, the Casanova yeah. outfit he looks at. And he's got Tom's scarf as
1: well at one point. This which is, is pretty very great. cute. And then fabulous. He goes for Christmas dinner, which yeah. is what Christopher Eccleston wouldn't do. Exactly. And Song for Ten is brilliant.
2: The original version wasn't on the CD. It's a different version. Mm, somebody okay. else on it, which is
1: a shame because I wanted the original version on the CD. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was a fabulous trope throughout Rusty Davis's time was the song every Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, yeah, it yeah. climaxed with the Stowaway, which was my favourite of all. It For me, I, I think the best
2: one's still Abigail's song personally, but that's just me.
1: Oh, are you talking about Christmas Carol?
2: The song, not the actual episode. Oh, we better something quick. You, song
3: <laughs>
0: you
2: hate it.
3: You hate that episode, but the song is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sawyer. So but it's another thing that Russell does to the show that makes it seem more expensive and it hasn't been done.
0: Mm. You know,
3: Moffat does that really terrible Englishman in New York thing for <laughs> Angel's State, <team, laughs> yeah we're just such a dad core choice of kind of song. But Russell, who's a little bit cooler
1: than Oh, we've, got, we've got Toxic playing. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that makes the show seem more expensive because, obviously, licensing music like that is actually expensive.
1: I feel like there's yeah. a point to be made there, though, you know, because I watched a documentary last week about Billy Piper and her and Britney Spears were head-to-head in the charts one year with Toxic and one of Billy's songs.
0: Yeah. So really?
1: the fact that Rose Tyler almost died going out to Toxic.
2: <laughs>
0: <ain't>
1: yeah. <trying> to... <laughs> The Christmas
2: dinner scene, as we've said, is just wonderful. So Jackie great.
0: does herself <laughs> yeah, yeah. up. Yeah,
3: she's got extra hair or something. She's really mm. gone to it's some... It's a lovely montage. Just... Yeah, it's mm. terrific, isn't it? And it it's the Christmas thing. I mean, you know, Moffat will do it in his first Christmas special as well. We'll have the Doctor have Christmas dinner with people. But, I mean, this is Rose and Mickey and Jackie, and we had Eccleston's Doctor reject it.
1: I don't think we feel warm from a set of regulars like this again. No, not like
3: no, this. No, I don't think I so. Didn't. Like, I love, I, I love both uh, Donna's and Martha's family. Oh, for different reasons. Yeah. They're prickly. You know, like, you know, Sylvia's prickly, Francine's prickly and
1: difficult. And, and, um, I think he knows that if we love them, yeah. which is why he goes for this sort of heartwarming band, it's yeah. flawed and disposed. You want to spend time with them. Yeah, you want to spend yeah. time with them. And and that's just an addition to the great stories. And in fact, that's the most Christmasy element of
3: the thing. It's not the Santas with his guns and stuff like that. Is everyone pulling crackers
1: and putting the stupid hats no. on? And... and that's an asda Christmas dinner of everyone. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all
3: benefits, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's lucky it's not safety pins and. <laughs> and David gets the sexy glasses out.
1: Yeah! 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 We didn't think he could get any sexier, you know. The brain he's <laughs> now he's looking smart <laughs> as well. And that bit in tooth and claw, he puts the glasses on in the library. And he'd have been yeah. finished, he might have been in that room.
2: <laughs> I was just thinking back in the wardrobe when he was, he actually looks at his teeth as well, he actually makes a big deal of licking his... his yeah, teeth. his new teeth. This whole teeth thing, yeah. It's
1: he's teeth. sizing them up for his big dramatic moments in the season. Yeah, and he even goes, yeah, he actually says the word, yeah. <laughs> when mm, he's was, himself up and down uh, these are uh, these are good enough for me to take on Mr Colony and, mm. um, <laughs> the Idiot's lantern the
2: final scene, so they go outside with the new Doctor and this is just I think this is just a beautiful, beautiful scene uh, there was a deleted bit in this about mm. I'm saying fan there was a deleted scene about the old Doctor the, When at the end when they hold hands Rose
3: said I miss him and the Doctor said so do I and they cut that out. That would have be been nice, but I think, I think, I think moving forward is the right thing. Yes, to do. I
2: think that's. It made me think of when I read that about deep breath, where we had that whole phone with call. Mad phone call. And it's yeah. almost, you know, do we need that? I mean, that was a lovely moment in deep breath, but you really, I think the approach to go with the new doctor
3: is totally the right thing to do. Yeah, I. I love how creeped out by the hand she is. I think that's so cute. Yes. She extends the hand, she goes, It's oh, still creeps me out of here, which I just think is terribly funny and terribly real.
1: There's something really f- awesome about that. I love the fact that the foam machine from Seeds of Death is back yeah. in employment <laughs> again. Hooray! Because Yay. you can absolutely see on Mickey and Jackie that that's blobs of foam rather mm. than snow. Well, it's not snow anyway, like, is it? The burned corpses of
3: Bowser. Oh, the second
1: <laughs> I, I do, they do get
2: better at doing snow yeah. as they go along. And we see that Jason guy with a very garish jumper in the background as well.
1: Oh well it's Christmas in England. <laughs> it's Christmas.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, you'll see
1: that. Just
2: the sense of optimism at the end of when mm. they are yeah. looking in the sky and you just thought, or certainly I did, I'm sure we all felt the same way. Right. We're we're in good hands. We're all right. This series is going to Mm. go on for quite a long time. We're we're fine.
1: Do you know, and I absolutely felt it here, he's so good, I never lost that feeling for the first four series. Every year, I was Mm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, we went into the season and you end that first episode on a massive high. The the season's end with a big cliffhanger. Right, We're going into the next thing. Mm. You know, he's so good at pushing the show on. Ah, it's terrific yeah, yeah it was a new golden age ahead of us
3: <laughs> yeah it, it literally was until I mean, he gets
1: brought down <laughs> history repeats yeah.
2: and after the trailer for the next series that was the end of the episode but mm-hmm. if you might have been did you play the attack of the grass
3: yeah after
2: yeah. that yeah i did as well
3: we didn't have it. I think I how did I see it? I can't remember. But I never played it interactive on a sort of red button thing. We didn't have that. And then eventually, is it is it um, extras like um, maybe it did turn up? I can't remember.
1: I think was it was it not on a, a DVD? I think
3: it might have been on a DVD. Yeah, because I never uh, played I it. Know.
1: Was it a game then?
3: I never played it as a game. Yeah, it was a red button extra. It was and a game. you yeah. use your remote to hmm. um, to. You know, do the thing.
1: I don't think it's on the DVD. Well, I might be wrong, I can't remember, but uh, I mean, but, yeah, it, I think it everyone introduced us to the grass, didn't it? So then we got Jimmy V in for every trickster episode of Sarah Jane Adventures, Banner Caffalata, oh, every alien we ever had was he's Jimmy V. He's up here next That's week, and
3: the... he was the Stovox Blitzer in uh, was yes. we'll uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. we'll
1: he is... not?
2: Yes, yeah, that was him as well. Now he's up here next week for a uh, Sci fi con in a week's time. I'll tell you what though, he's one of the most expensive people to get an autograph from, so I've not bothered. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> How much is he? He's cost, he, he charges £50. Oh my goodness. Well, for a photo? Well, well, I think it's for um, autograph and photo. Autograph and photo, I think.
1: Wait but most whole, others
2: are about half price.
1: Wait and I'll get a selfie of him. be free. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing. Yeah, <no. laughs> It's the only way to survive these conventions sometimes, you know.
2: A couple of other things I've found out, little tidbits. Tina Ajuman auditioned for Sally.
3: Did she? Wow. She could have been three things in Doctor Who then. She could have been
1: three things in Doctor Who. (laughs) Who, I think she'd have delivered that exposition a bit better as well. Yeah. We don't see Sally after she goes up the roof, do we? She's just, she, yeah. Yeah, she sort of disappears after that. Well, at least she survived. Well, I think we don't go back to the unit
3: base after Harriet goes up because we're following we her. We don't uh... need it anymore. We <laughs> don't need it anymore.
2: In earlier drafts, Jackie did dash to the chemist for things to cure the doctor, including shampoo. So we're going to see Jackie going to the shops and a much more. In fact, she had a lot of stuff clout I thoughts. think that,
1: that that particular one was a sensible excise. I'm not sure the story needed that.
2: <laughs> like uh, typical of the new series, they always cut out the good character bits. <laughs> So there was a bit with with Jackie where she said when the thing was on the telly about the Mars probe, God, I feel earthbound. They're sending out spaceships. What about me? I'm stuck at home. (laughs) And uh, Mickey, of course, there was the thing about the accent was cut out as well. Mickey would have said to Rose, because Rose was querying why his accent changed. And Mickey was going to say, maybe he got off you which was setting up, you know, the, this idea of he just took it from Rose being with him. Do
1: you know, um, I I, um, I went to a convention uh where there was Jamie Matheson attending yeah. and he was talking about Flatline and how there was a tonne of extra character work in Flatline, which made sense of some choices that are made in the plot. And because it was overrunning they refused to lose any of the plot. So they took out all of this character stuff and it, 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 to the point where it was so frustrating because it was like, well, the motivations of my characters make no sense now within yeah. this plot. So I think that is what they take out. Well, I mean, I think it depends. And here I think
3: one of the things that you would lose is just the propulsiveness of the
1: plot and yeah. the urgency of it yeah. and I think... Oh, it's Savvy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to see Jackie buying shampoo. No. And <laughs> I think all of those characters
3: by this point are so well characterised. Like all yeah. the people, all the returning guest mm. cast, we know them so well uh, that, that we can probably cope without some of that stuff.
2: Yeah, I agree why uh, these bits are cut. It's just a shame because some of them are really the good lines. Oh. Well, like, it's cameo, uh,
1: isn't it? So the same. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like when Alex said you killed them, the doctor said, "Shut up!" Oh, blame me. This rudeness thing's way out of control. Sorry, things like that. <laughs> just you don't need it. But yeah. it's and um, the, the doctor at one. But they also cut out a lot of stuff when the doctor was actually talking a lot during the sword fight, and they felt that they should cut it out because, of course, it's action scene. Why did yeah, yeah. start it. At <laughs> one point, the doctor apparently said, oh, you're just nasty. I'm only wearing slippers when they're going <laughs> only, Just
1: Only one person could do witty ripostes and eating sandwiches during a sword yeah, fight. Only John Pertwee. That's right. It's That's the right.
2: Moon. On the British Rocket Group website, which was created by the BBC, oh. Russell T Davies said the cigarettes are raiders and scavengers from an asteroid in the JX-82 system.
1: So there you go. <laughs> that something to do with Quatermass.
2: Um, yes, well, I think the British Rocket Group was. Quatermass, is not it? it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And originally, the deaths of Daniel and Blake were going to be done with skeletons on green screen, but it looked so hilarious they changed the it. <laughs> <to> the <laughs> so, oh, okay. I'm glad they did because they. Uh, it's a good shot with steam i guess
1: well very often you know where the skeletons fall to the ground i don't know if you recall paul darrow in time lash
3: <laughs> it kind of very comical yeah. i think i think yes. that you know you've got the dalek shooting beams that make people's skeletons visible i think uh-huh. you know deliberately giving each alien a different way of killing people
1: is mm. a cool thing you know, you know what the most ghoulish skeleton in doctor who is i, I said to you yesterday It's that chicken carcass that the the monster (laughs) savaging in the end of time. (laughs) Oh God, yeah. It's horrible.
2: Final thoughts on the Christmas invasion, guys. Oh, after you.
3: Um, uh, I just think it's perfect. Like it does exactly what it sets out to do. It's learned heaps of lessons from 26 years. Well, not 26 years, but you know, introducing a new doctor over and over again. It's learned what works Russell knows all of that stuff so well and so I just think it's perfectly judged it's super Christmassy it's really fun it's easily comprehensible if you're stuffed full of turkey and booze and things and uh it's endlessly rewatchable and it it's the show starting to assume a particular character as well you know all of these important elements that get revisited that just become part of the world that russell creates for those five years of doctor who you know i just think it's wonderful it's a really terrific thing and like you know the only other showrunner to write christmas episodes and he writes Eight of them mm, is Steve. Yeah. Oh, variable quality. Yeah, a variable quality, <laughs> but a, a lot of different approaches and things, but he never quite does this. And this is a thing that I I'd love a great deal, I think.
1: I went into this with huge cynicism. The thought of a Doctor Who Christmas <laughs> special. Like a Christmas special to me is, you know, Angela Rippon at a news desk suddenly tap dancing with Morecambe and Wife. Oh, my God. And I thought to myself... Oh, we This get- country. Oh, it's mad. It is mad. I thought we were heading into that sort of territory. It was going to be like, you know, season 24 all over again. These crazy camp guest stars. And what he presents instead is this massively epic Independence Day-esque alien invasion story, which looks really, really good, but also focuses on my new in to Doctor Who, thanks to Rusty Davis. I think in the classic series, my in was the plots and not the characters. And within one year, Mm. one season, 13 episodes... He's managed to make the my favourite thing of Doctor Who, the characters, and telling the story through Rose and her family and her boyfriend, it were like gangbusters in that first year, and you needed that transition from, that you know, you needed people that we loved to get from Eccleston to Tennant, and it just works a dream, doesn't it? Terrific. and. Yeah. It doesn't forget Christmas, the, the hilarious Christmas tree moment. <laughs> like, it's really, really funny as well. And it's scary and it's heartwarming and it's surprising the bit with Harriet Jones at the end. I like, it's just got everything. I just think Rusty Davis's Doctor Who has everything I want from Doctor Who. Yeah, me too. It's just
2: thoroughly enjoyable. And mm. Jackie steals the show. Yeah. Just That's absolutely incredible. steals the show. She's superb at it.
1: Mm. Can I can I ask a question? Yes. Oh great. That's i saw a question on my podcast. That's I no. just... I go for it, yeah. Excuse me, you've been rifling through my address book <laughs> <Yeah>. for every you <laughs> know <laughs> I've seen a few names now. <laughs> no. No. I just want to ask because this is my second favorite Christmas special. My favorite is last Christmas. Um okay. it's it's Good not, choice. Not a popular choice but no, I just adore it. Mm. Um is this your favorite Christmas specials? no it's probably oh, my second it's probably
3: well, my second of christmas carol aren't you no. i think christmas carol is perfect it's an absolute polished gem and it's utterly unlike this but it's incredibly good um but and i'm not sure that this is my favorite christmas special of the rtd era because i think runaway bride is pretty great um just because All of catholic right um and and Sylvia a uh, a uh, Jackie King, um you know like they're both really excellent and so that's terrifically fun. It's probably I don't know no it's high yeah it is high. I think I think maybe it's the best constructed. And the most crucial Christmas special in the Russell T. Davis era, because it has that job of introducing the Christmas special as a Doctor Who thing, a regular mm-hmm. Doctor Who thing, and introducing David Tennant as a Doctor. So it's hugely important, I think.
2: I like Voyager the Damned.
3: Yeah, it's oh my wait. favorite, oh, Dave, the, because... kill, the kill Kylie at Christmas. It's the most. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just because it's it's just it's basically a movie. Okay, it's a yeah. disaster movie, but it's it's a movie at Christmas. Oh, I just love it.
1: It's yeah, it's and wonderful.
2: to have a villain in... and <laughs> with just a mechanical head, oh, you know, model, he's just he's brilliant. straight out
1: of season seventeen, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and still oh, robots from Robots of Death to be the yeah, an angels of death, great yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. I just
3: I love them.
1: Do you remember we said in oh sorry, I said in this he, he, you know, threatens to make a third of the population jump off buildings in this, and that's a pretty yeah. to do on Christmas Day. Yeah, you know. And then in Runaway Bride, he ends up killing a load of children. Oh, admittedly they're spiders, and I know you think that's very yeah, funny, yeah. washing yeah. them down the plug hole. spiders down the plug hole. Well plug that's pretty <laughs> dark as well, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. And then to cap it off, he murders Kylie fucking Minogue.
3: And yeah. nearly crashes the, a ship into
1: the Queen as well. Oh, yeah. Right. Nukes <laughs> London with it, nearly. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, actually, that's the darkest yeah. he ever got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, turn left. Amazing.
2: Stick out moment of the Christmas invasion. Is there a moment that is the key one or your favourite one?
1: I could answer that in a heartbeat. Go on. Uh, I'm gonna get killed by a Christmas tree. Yeah. I, mean, I just, it makes me laugh every time I see it. I post it every year. I just love. I just think it's so absurd, and I don't know. I don't know anyone who doesn't like that. So yeah, it's great, yeah. isn't it?
3: I I think that it's the it's David Tennant's final emergence after 50 minutes of waiting is perfect and kind of any more or any less David Tennant would have been a mistake he times it absolutely perfectly and manages to just establish that character completely in about you know five ten minutes or so and I guess that for me that's the most fun him just coming out and being incredibly gobby and stuff it's terrific
2: what about you for me it's the that final moment where he looks up at the sky and says that way Uh no we'll go that way I just absolutely adore that moment because it's just the optimism of, Mm. right, we're in safe hands and where are we going to go? And then, of course, you get the trailer and you see where they're going to go. Mm. You're all excited.
1: Will you have a word with Simon Hart and Fraser Gregory from please, then, because they really detest the 10th Doctor and Rose being happy.
2: (laughs) Well, I I like it here, but I think it gets too gushy-gushy in season two as it goes on.
3: You know who loves it? Hey, Stephen Bezovinski. Yeah, yeah, Steve, Stephen B from New to Who. It's one of his uh, favorite things because he just thinks it's a a weird galaxy spanning love story, you know. And I, Doctor Who hasn't done that before, and I kind of like it too.
2: Like uh, I, I like it here, but even in New Earth, where they have that scene where they, oh, I love this. Oh, come on, just shut up. Just get <laughs> the story. I'm just.
3: Yeah, don't worry. They pay. Much, they pay for it at the end. Of this season. They do pay for it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much, guys. That's love to get. It's been a joy going over the Christmas invasion with you. Uh, where can listeners find you? Well, you're in the about 101 podcasts. You, <laughs> anyway. you better
3: go first. I'll,
1: I'll go, go sometime. I've got a list. Uh, well, I've <laughs> got
3: a list as well. Have we, got,
1: have we got as many as each other? Uh, I, I think we
3: might So. So the flagship podcast for for us is is what well, for me is Flight Through Entirety. Um, we are two hundred and fifty three episodes in, uh, and we have just wrapped up the Matt Smith era, and uh, Capaldi will be will be starting Capaldi in April. And um, anybody
1: who doesn't like the Peter Capaldi era, give it a listen. Yeah. I think they might change your mind. Mm, No, we're super positive so far. Um,
3: And uh, then there's Bond Finger where we all get drunk and watch a Bond film or something Mm -hmm. Bond adjacent. Yeah, yeah, I've watched a couple of them. They're they're very good. Uh, And um, Jodie into Terra, which was us kind of (laughs) phoning one another up after each episode of series 11 12 and 13 and the specials just to see what we thought get our ill-considered takes on it and then there's another podcast that i do um which is oh no i should mention maximum power i'm on maximum power from time to time where we're going through blake seven uh, and then there's uh, my other flagship podcast, which is Untitled Star Trek Project. Oh, that one's marvelous. It's so good. Yeah,
2: you've, you've got really? a, a, oh, you're all right on it, but you've got somebody on it that's, well, slightly.
0: Have you heard word
1: slightly. Him? <laughs> <laughs> You get all I'm the I'm talking to of you, Joe. <laughs> no, I think mean, you're telling the truth. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. These are both marvelous. So
3: We've been doing it for just over a year. We've put out, like, we recorded our 61st episode yeah. this morning uh, we're in person for the first time. Uh, and I've really loved kind of being able to talk about Star Trek because... It
1: just felt like, like we had all of these thoughts and opinions inside yeah. us, and they're just all gushed out. Well, I'm a secret <laughs> Star Trek fan. I wasn't sort of properly out as a Star Trek fan, and now I am. And uh, it's been very liberating. And I'm still not bored of saying that Gates McFadden is a very robotic actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, what oh, do you dude, do? Sure Where can know. people find you? Over hey, um, you, Joe. Oh. Um, okay, so I, my flagship podcast is probably Hamster with Blunt Knife, which is Doctor Who Commentary Podcast, which know. everyone know. has been on. Well, everyone listening to this has probably been on it. Well, oh, that's great. Well, sure had hundreds great and
3: hundreds of guests you've had. Um, and it's some really big names. Yeah. Uh, me. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, Toby Hato. Toby Hato, Gary Russell. Yeah, Gary yeah. Russell, yeah.
1: So I've had I've a few people like that, but mostly what I love is when it's Doctor Who fans yeah, coming you- on and sharing their love, especially of ill-considered stories well that's the best thing about it is that it's just positive you know
3: it's people kicked a doctor who story that they love and want to talk about and so it's it's relentlessly sort of fun
1: and positive and uh and terrific and can i tell you right someone even wanted to come on and say positive things about the rebel flesh and the almost. Oh people. my god. Oh, yeah. no. I
2: wonder who that handsome chap was. Yeah. yeah.
1: Inexplicable. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a bloody good thing he's got a sexy accent. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I well, I started off doing the Nine On Me Praise yeah. with my dear friend. The Jack. beautiful Jackson. Oh, man. Gorgeous he is. And we recently did a commentary on Hamster actually and we haven't lost it. Yeah. The magic is still there. Yeah, you'll not lose it. We did once attempt a trial of Stephen Moffat on that one, which oh, ran five and a half hours.
0: <laughs> I
1: know. Anyone who got through that is now in a mental asylum, and I apologise. And <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, What else do I do? Untitled Star Trek. Probably. Oh, no, I was going to leave that to last. Oh, There's okay. something else. Oh, I do a uh, big Finnish podcast called, called uh, Imaginatively... Finish big in exactly it... the same font as big finish, so we get all the people that are looking for big finish finding finish big. Um, and that's that's I me. think it's rude, it's a double entendre, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, okay, good. Well, the original one was, was from, not just me but... from a press ganger, so it wasn't was, it? yeah, and you know, ours was all we were just Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's me and the mark talking about big finish from the very beginning, and we're. Someone came at us, right, Mark Doddick, and said, there's no way you're going to cover all the big finishes output. Well, the egg will be on his face in 2050, I'll tell you. <laughs> We've well, finally got to the end of the range. But no stone has been left unturned. We've recently brought out the Tomorrow People. We've just recorded, um, oh, what's it called? Earth Search Mind Warp. We've done cast interviews. Well, we're doing, obviously, the main range, Bernese, Starlic Empire, all of it. It's been great fun, and finally, yes, I do a wonderful Star Trek podcast called Untitled Star Trek Projects with my wonderful friend Nathan Bottomley, who is finally sitting next to yeah. me. Yeah, yay! <laughs> this is the only one we're coming on when we're together, all right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel I'm very honored. Yeah, Thank I feel very honored. You. Yeah, I totally very recommend cool. all the ones you mentioned. I'm one of the few Dr. Who fans, I've mentioned this a few times on some of previous episodes, that hasn't seen Blake Seven. Oh. And Everyone's seen watch flake seven. Cy Hart was like, there's a this podcast that I do (laughs) (laughs) called
1: Maximum Power. Um, so yeah, I'll have to check out at some point, but yeah, I would say to advise you just take care with that, okay? And if you think Doctor Who's production value is variable, Mm -hmm. well, just just that (laughs) I've seen seen clips, I've seen there's a Federation security robot, you know, that makes that (laughs) thing in. That cleanup robot in Terminus, look, absolutely <laughs> amazing. look a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: but yeah, I thoroughly recommend anyone who's listening and everyone who's listening to check these podcasts out because they're fabulous, especially the Untitled Star Trek Project, Project goes Between You both, which is I've been enjoying from the beginning. Uh, I've only listened to the ones that are really the nineties. Trek and yes. the original
1: series, Good man.
2: apart from Enterprise. So really, so really, the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, I'll listen to them but um, I'm not familiar really with the other
3: parts. Mm.
1: Well, I that's I mean, the joy of it though, isn't it? Yeah. So you can dip into the show exactly. if you like.
3: Yeah, which but is, yeah. One of the things that's kind of fun is that we kind of love it all, even the terrible yeah. bits. Mm. Oh, yeah. you've done Spock's brain and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I've kind of screamed at the top of my lungs in kind of uh, horror at things that happen in Enterprise. But, you know, I'm starting to discover what's good in Enterprise. And I'm a massive fan of the new stuff. And uh, we tend
1: to be pretty positive about that too. Can I say two things about your podcast? <laughs> Come on. You've, okay, you've, yeah, you you've grilled and commenting on ours. I feel as if the table should be turned. Um, oh, well, one, may I say. That's a fabulous title, like no one's ever gonna forget that. A kettle and a bit of string that's amazing. It's it time, was, Crash, right? It was,
2: um, yeah, it was from time crash. Yeah. Um, it wasn't my first choice as the name, it was like the fourth or fifth because bloody any somebody else had got the other names. I think I
1: think you should be glad that those were gone. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm
2: I, I was happy with what I came up with, but. I think my original choice was, uh, what was it, a teaspoon and a hint of madness or something. Or something oh, like, a teaspoon and an open, open mind. mind. Yes, but yeah, some some that, rascals yeah. got a uh, a website called that and there was another one. And then, yeah, I just, because I was wanting, like, with a hamsworth, plump, penknife, a title which is just a bit like what? a quote. Mm. And then just, yeah, came across it and thought, oh, that'll do.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought to myself when I first was doing that, I was like no one's going to buy into this, this stupid name. And now I've got everyone to say it. It's great. <laughs> so much so I've got a YouTube montage of everyone saying that stupid bloody yeah. title. Um, And the other thing I want to say is, this is a great format you've got here. Oh, thank you. Well, Mark was telling me he had a great time, but when he told me the format and he said like, you were basically going to be doing a synopsis of the show, you had facts at the beginning and then a synopsis of the show. But, I mean, look at us. We haven't shut up for two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so three hours. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, it's great. It's like this will of, easily uh, be the longest episode. It's ever, a lot of right. lot prompts, which then get your guests to sort of open up and talk about what they love. Mm. So I think it's a great format. So I just wanted to be a bit self-congratulatory. That was all. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Um, I'm touched. <laughs> <laughs> much, you, honestly,
2: genuinely, thank you. Because... Uh, Yeah, it was difficult at the start, because I did have a wobble, like you know, and I texted you and said, I don't know what... uh... (sighs) You know, I was having doubts about it. But then you said, oh, just... You gave me the advice, and then just, aye, okay," And, yeah, now I feel like I'm in a groove now.
1: Yeah, I would always say, don't look too much at the numbers. Enjoy the experience.
2: But what's been a happy bonus
1: is, God almighty, when they've just... Up and that's what happens. You'll have a couple of weeks where well, we, we we were happy. I was happy for like thirty in the first <laughs> week. I was like, yes, thirty people press play. Woo! And then they they as you find your audience, it, it just climbs.
2: Just, I'll I'll stop recording a second, but I'll just I'll cut that bit out that we've just obviously said. I'll not put that on the Okay, so yeah, yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. but it's just just to end it. I was just going to say, um, just do a closing sort of bit for it. So yeah. Well, thanks very much, guys, for that. And hopefully I can entice you back at a later date for maybe another story.
1: Absolutely. Love Uh, to do it. Only if it's something really shit, though. (laughs) (laughs) I will hold you to that. Okay, great. (laughs) Thank you very much. guys.
0: Thank Thank you for having
1: us.